The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. And thank you for being here with me. 888-933-93. And thank you for making uh, the podcast uh, number 11. Yes. On day number three. So uh, appreciate that. Tell your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, go out and spread the word uh, that the Pat Gray podcast is available on iTunes and, and elsewhere, I think, right? Uh, yeah, SoundCloud. So, you get it on the SoundCloud. And you can, you can follow us on Twitter. You can tweet. Uh, we're at Pat Unleashed. Is, is that right? That's yeah, right. I got you nailed it, right. it. Nice job. I got it right. I'm pa- proud of you. At Pat Unleashed. And, of course, you can thumb up me on Facebook at, uh, as well. That, that's always there. Speaking of uh, Twitter, <laughs> uh, the President of the United States has been tweeting. And uh, here's what Donald J. Trump tweeted today. The wall, which is already under construction in the form of new renovation and of old and existing fences and walls, will continue to be built. <laughs> yeah, it, it was under construction to the tune of 5% of what was mandated by Congress back in 2006. And that's not what we were promised during the campaign, by the way. Then this tweet. Does anybody really want to throw out good, educated, and accomplished young people? Who have jobs, some serving in the military? Really? Huh. That didn't seem to be the tone during the campaign again. That uh, that also was not the tone. It was if you were here illegally, you were going to have to leave. And now it's, do you really want to throw out good, educated, accomplished young people? Uh, well, no, not if they're here legally. I don't. No. And and they act like this. these dreamers as a group are... You know, like a, I don't know, a gospel choir or something. They're they're humanitarians who do nothing but serve the poor and the downtrodden, the weak, and, and they lift everybody up, and all they're doing is patriotic things. That's all they can do, and, and serve others. Uh, some of them are, you know, like that, I'm sure. Some of them aren't. Then there's this tweet. They've been in our country for many years through no fault of their own, brought in by parents at a young age, plus big border security. What? <laughs> wait, wait. Okay. Don't discount that they're all uh, caps on big. B-I-G yeah. is all caps, Pat. Well, that means it's really big. Um, so Trump is working with the Democrats on the debt ceiling. He's working with Democrats on tax reform. And he's promised uh, that the the rich will not benefit from this at all. And I think... As conservatives, we're all really concerned that the rich get stuck again because they only pay uh, 50%. The, the upper 1% pays 50% of the tax uh, debt. And I'm, I'm sure we, we don't believe that's enough, right? Like Donald Trump. So he wants to make sure that you know that the wealthy will not benefit from this. In fact, their taxes might go up. Uh not what he said during the campaign. Maybe on tax reform, actually. The DACA thing, he's working with the Democrats on that. And uh, seems to have completely reversed himself on on immigration and the wall and the border security and all of that. But those of us who were skeptical about a Donald Trump presidency, we were the sellouts, right? 
We do, do I have that down? We were the ones who sold out our values. Wow. Um, after a meeting with House Republicans and Democrats yesterday, Trump conceded that there is a chance taxes on the wealthy will be increased. He said wealthy Americans will will be pretty much where they are after tax reform, reform, but also said if they have to go higher, they'll go higher, frankly. (laughs) (laughs) Who qualifies as wealthy under the current system? The highest tax bracket for a married couple starts at 470,000. That number was established uh, with extensive political negotiation during the Obama administration. What has Trump said? In April, the Trump administration distributed a one-page outline for tax reform. Uh, and it determined that it would benefit the top 1% of taxpayers more than anyone. So for Trump to now say taxes could go up on the wealthy is a significant change. But, I mean, that's par for the course. He changes on everything. He takes both sides of every issue. If you haven't noticed that by now, I, you know, I, if you haven't been paying attention. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer seems to be on the same page with Donald Trump, citing the recent hurricanes as a reason to avoid tax cuts for the wealthy. A tax cut, particularly one for the very wealthy, is not going to help Florida or Texas rebuild from these storms. Neither is a tax increase on the wealthy. Can we can we call BS on these people, please? Uh, wow. I mean, this is pretty much what I anticipated from a Trump presidency. He's just—he's not a conservative. He's—I don't—I don't know why he's in the Republican Party. Um, because he he doesn't have traditional Republican values, but then again, who does? Who does? Working out the deal, the immigration deal with uh, with Democrats, they seem to be pretty happy. In fact, they've said that there will be no wall. They're, they're not they're not accounting for any wall. And then uh, and they say that that's what he agreed to. And now he's saying, no, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> Just and yet. According to a poll from Rasmussen, who has been very friendly to Trump, it seems, uh, an online survey, and that's another telling uh, aspect of this, finds that 66% of likely U.S. voters say it's good for the country if Trump works with congressional Democrats to advance his agenda. It's not what I want. I'll tell you that. Work with Democrats? We we had that under Obama. Obama worked with Democrats on tax reform and uh, health care reform. And look what, look what happened. You know, this bipartisan thing is so overrated. When you've got the majority, get your agenda done. Why can't Republicans do that? Why? 65% of people uh, now feel that Trump should reach out more to Democrats in Congress versus uh, 58% who felt that way five months ago. 16% are not sure. Republicans, 72% of them, are even more enthusiastic about the president working with congressional Democrats than Democrats are. How can you be how can how can you be excited about that? I mean, honestly, that working with the Democrats means here we've got the majority in the House and the Senate, and we have the presidency, supposedly. But then you turn to the Democrats and you cave in to their agenda? Why? Do they do that? How often did Obama reach out to Republicans and try to compromise with them on anything? Did he do that on health care? No. Did he do it on taxes? No. Did he do it on anything? Absolutely not. And you got Paul Ryan. I mean, I, there's just no advocate here. If you 
If you are a conservative American, we have no advocate. If there is one in office in Washington, D.C., I'd like to know who it is. Let me know. 888-933-93. Paul Ryan says it's not in the best in- nation's best interest to kick dreamers out. Uh, I do believe that kicking these 800,000 kids out to countries that they have probably not been to since they were toddlers, countries that speak languages that they may not even know is not in our nation's interest. You know, I've seen a lot of these kids, these dreamers, um, self-proclaimed dreamers out protesting on weekends with Mexican flags with anti-American slogans, with, I, I mean, ha, have you not seen that? I, do these people not open their eyes? They're not all wonderful American patriots. They're not. Some of them are, I'm sure. But every time you, every time these politicians talk about them, it's like they're, they're sainted, like they're angels on earth. Like we're lucky to have them here. I <laughs> They're like any other group of people. There's going to be good and bad among them. Are they any better than any other segment of our society that that doesn't get the same benefits? No. Anyway, Ryan said that he wanted the White House to provide time for a legislative fix because he didn't want the program to be rescinded on day one and create chaos. And they're not, you know, the the goal is not to stop the DACA program. The goal is to get leg- legislation to grant their, them am, amnesty. And we are we are well underway. That train has left the station and it's headed down the tracks. And we continue to bend over backwards until we break in half for people who are here illegally. In a Maryland town, they just voted, the city council voted to uh, allow non-citizens to vote in their elections. Uh, that's unconstitutional. <laughs> There's a little something we like to call uh, the U.S. Constitution that says, yeah, you can't do that. Uh, College Park, College Park, Maryland, Mayor Patrick Wohan explained the city's decision to allow non-U.S. citizens to vote. The reality is allowing all people to vote in municipal elections is going to make College Park more inclusive and that has been the history of voting rights expansion in the United States. No, it hasn't. We, the history has never been to allow non-citizens to vote. There's never been a history of that in the United States of America ever. Not since the inception. Not since 1776 have we allowed non-citizens to vote. And it's happened in our neighbors in Maryland who have expanded voting rights to non-U.S. citizens. Although you come up here and you say that there are hundreds of citizens and residents at College Park that are for this charter, one of the uh, uh, citizens who are against this said, I can tell you that there are thousands against it. Voting is a right of the citizens. It's plain and clear. It's constitutional. It's written at the state level, and it also belongs at the local level. That was uh, from Beth Dubosky, somebody with a little bit of common sense in College Park, Maryland. (laughs) Otherwise, I mean, they just, they don't care. They disregard the Constitution entirely so that they can be inclusive and diverse. And they're nothing like inclusive and diverse, of course. You have to you have to agree with their opinion before they include you. Uh, and you have to be the kind of diversity that they like, not that they uh, are opposed to. So non-citizens are going to vote in College Park, Maryland. 
Isn't that wonderful? Uh, is there anybody who's going to put a stop to this? I doubt it. Is anybody going to stand up and say, well, this, this one woman did. Said, look, it's not even constitutional. Can you stop with this? 888 It's Pat Gray Unleashed. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Well, we've seen a lot of crises all over the all over the country lately. There's, I mean, there are fires uh, in the Northwest. Like eight states are burning right now. We've had hurricanes in Houston and in Florida and down in Mexico City. They had uh, a really severe earthquake, eight point one on the Richter scale. If a crisis were to happen in your community today or tomorrow. Um, would you be prepared for it or would you be waiting for emergency personnel to rescue? Would you be standing in food lines because grocery store shelves are empty or would you have, because you prepared ahead of time, would you be okay? At least for a while. Now we can't count on the government to, to rescue all of us all the time. So you need to have a plan to survive and even thrive in an emergency situation. And you want to be sure you get exactly what you need. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. My Patriot Supply is the company that has practiced self-reliance for years. And they'll give you personalized suggestions. And this is a great place to start. Just get their new 102-serving survival food supply for just $99. They even ship that free. That's less than a dollar per serving. Give them a call today and take you know just check this off your list. Just get it done now. 888 411 5290 888-411-5290, or online at com. 102 servings as breakfasts, lunch, uh, dinners, delicious survival food, uh, savory chicken and rice, those kinds of things. 888-411-5290 or at preparewiththeblaze.com. So your thoughts on the president, uh, we asked this again, we asked this on, I don't know, Monday, I think, in, or, or Tuesday. But I, I just, I'm baffled by Republicans who seem okay with a lot of the, I guess he's getting a little bit of feedback now. He's getting a little bit of blowback uh, from conservatives who are saying, wait, wh- this isn't what you talked about. This is not what you discussed during the campaign, that you were going to lobby for these people to stay here and to all of a sudden have amnesty. And, and what do you mean the wall will come later? And I don't remember anybody talking about fixing portions of the wall and the fence. I thought we were going to construct a new one. A big, beautiful wall with a big, beautiful door that they could enter legally through. Uh, that's, that's what I kind of remember hearing about. Am I, am I just, am I living in a dream world? Did I misunderstand that during the campaign? Uh, is this what you wanted him to do? Wow. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Gene in Virginia. I Gene, you're on the you're on the blaze. 
Hey, Pat. Hey. I'm glad you have your own show. I just Thank uh, you. hope we have more Al Sharpton with the bullhorn. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, will come up, yes. Um, I'm As far as Maryland, I hope that the State Board of Elections smacks them down and because it violates the Constitution. And if they allow it to stand, I don't know how, but we should get Maryland's results in any elections nullified so they don't count. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I have heard very little outcry on this, and and nobody's even r- really shocked by it. It seems we've been so beaten down with all this stuff that it's like, oh, okay, they're going to allow non-citizens to vote, whatever. Yeah, they've already got driver's licenses. They're already on welfare. They're, you know, they're already taking jobs that other Americans now can't have. So why not this too? I and I think that's. I think that's the frame of mind of so many of us now. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Gene. It's it's just that we've been so beaten down. We just don't want to bother with it anymore. 888 Nancy Pelosi was talking about the Dreamers as well. Uh, and here's, here's what she had to say. It's an honor to be here with the Dreamers. The Dreamers who are perpetuating, the advancing the American dream. Wow, they're they're perpetuating and advancing them. I'm sure some of them are, <laughs> but not all eight hundred thousand of them. Why do we? Why do they talk about the Dreamers as if you know it's it's a group of people who have just descended from the heavens? Why? How, how did this happen? With their courage and their optimism. Courage, optimism. And their- Inspiration. Inspiration. They make America more American. More American. So, Even though they're not from America, they make us more American. That was cute. Wow. A week and a half ago, I was in Chicago, Were and you? I saw this oh. art exhibit that I was invited to see. It's called, mm. and then they came for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's about the internment of the Japanese-American. Good golly. Uh, don't go there. Don't Patriots do it. Patriots in our country don't, who don't, were don't do it, interred, Nancy. In, interned into camps By who? Uh, during By who? World War II. While their family members were fighting for freedom for America and for the world in World War II, uh, they mm-hmm. were in camps. And yeah. they came for me. <laughs> and now they're coming for the dreamers. No. No. If I could, could I just bring a little bit of truth to this discussion? The Japanese Americans were just that. They were American citizens. And it was your hero, FDR, who put them in concentration camps in the United States of America. Okay? Those are, those are facts that you sort of skim over and just ignore. The Dreamers, on the other hand, are not U.S. citizens, and nobody's coming for them to put them in camps. If they come for them... At all, it'll just be to send them back to their country of origin, not to put them in prisons, not to corral them. It's it's so asinine. It's so mind-numbing, the stupidity. And then later in her discussion, she was trying to talk about uh, somebody named Manuel. And listen to this. I think something is wrong with Nancy Pelosi, quite honestly, in all sincerity. I think something's wrong with her. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Okay, his name is Lynn Manuel Miranda. Lynn Manuel Miranda is the Ma- great Ma- creative Ma- talent. Lynn Manuel Miranda took the story of Ma- our Ma- founding Ma- 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 and imbued it with a fresh life <laughs> and infectious spirit. What? Lynn Manuel is continuing. Lynn Manuel, I am truly 
truly convinced. We celebrate Lin-Manuel Miranda, a man gifted by the muse of history. Thank you, Lin-Manuel. Thank you, Lin-Manuel Madonna. <laughs> and then she starts giggling like that. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, It's really strange. I, I think we should have her checked, quite quite honestly. I, I think it's time uh to have her checked. Liberals are also going crazy over Trump's choice for press secretary. Her name is Hope Hicks, and she's been given the job now permanently. She was interim press tech, press secretary. Now he's he's made it official. And they're going nuts because she's pretty. And she's 28. And uh, they, they don't like the fact that... Uh, here's what... In fact, here's what Billy Baldwin wrote. He tweeted out uh, this photograph of a woman in a bikini and it's not even Hope Hicks. (laughs) So I'm not really sure why he chose this particular... I think he thought it was Hope Hicks. It's not. I don't think she did bikini photos when she modeled. But uh, Billy Baldwin, Alec Baldwin's brother, tweets this out. Embarrassing, yet again, unqualified, and in way over her head. About to be devoured by the Beltway Sharks. I give it three to four months. Yeah, how do you know any of that? Billy Baldwin, meet Hope Hicks, and he's got a picture of her, and it's not her. Trump's new White House communications director, fun facts, her grandfather led public relations for Texaco during the 1970s oil crisis. So? And her dad did PR for major tobacco companies. She never worked in politics before Trump. Uh, Neither did Trump, actually. She modeled for Ivanka Trump's line and has five years experience working for PR for celebrities Earning $179,700 a year, highest salary equal to Steve Bannon. As if that's a bad thing. I thought it was good when women make the same as men. Hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you're opposed to that? Now, all of a sudden, you're angered by the fact that a woman is making as much as a man in the administration? These hypocrites. They are so pathetic. Uh, So, listen to all these tweets. So, Mr. Trump, what was it that made you employ the Ralph Lauren model as your comms advisor? From Mr. Weeks, Hope Hicks gets the job because she's a model, not because she's earned and worked her way up, but because she's also loyal to Trump. You don't know why she got the job. You don't know, you don't know her. You don't know anything about her. 28-year-old Hope Hicks had no prior experience, but she's a model, so he chose her for press secretary. Uh, then there's this. So an unqualified 28-year-old wannabe model is the new White House communications director? And and why would these people care? If she does a terrible job, that reflects poorly on Trump, whom you hate. So you would think that would be uh, just fine with these guys. But apparently not. Gary Price writes, Hope Hicks named as Trump's White House communications director. Qualifications? Ex-model. Now there's a surprise. So it's okay to demean a woman. It's okay to complain about the amount of money she makes, which is a really good salary, $179,000. It's, it's okay to make fun of her being an ex-model. It's okay to call her unqualified just because she's an ex-model. Uh, Bar- Barack Obama hired people without experience all the time. And uh, 
They didn't seem to have any problem with that whatsoever. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. Love to hear your thoughts on these, uh, on the job that Donald Trump is doing, especially with immigration now, but also with tax reform. And, and what happened to Obamacare? What happened to the effort? Let's bring that back up. Let's finally get that fixed. The only ones who are trying to fix it are the Democrats, who Trump is willing to work with now. And what are the Democrats wanting to do? Single-payer health care. And, and because they found a new name for it, now a lot of Americans really like it. I was, I was reading a, a survey today that said uh, 53% were in favor of single-payer health care. And now that they're calling it Medicare for all, it's up to 58%. 58% of Americans want socialized health care? Well, yeah, because, you know, socialism means that we're all social together. We talk to each other. Uh, it's like Twitter, right? It's like Facebook. No. No. <laughs> but there are so many Americans who believe that. <laughs> so this is being proposed today by Bernie Sanders, who, of course, is a socialist. He's proposing Medicare for all. He's already got 15 Democrats co-signing the bill with him. And they've got the momentum now. Republicans have no momentum. They're not even talking about health care. And Bernie Sanders and the Democrats are about to bring us socialized medicine, whether we like it or not, unless we stand up. 888-900-3393. It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. It is Pat Gray. Sarah Huckabee uh, Sanders was talking about the the president's bipartisanship and uh, being sort of attacked by the reporters in in the uh, in in the uh, press briefing yesterday. And uh, here's here's what she said. About tonight's dinner, why not also invite Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan? Uh, look, you've got the leader of the Republican Party sitting at the table. Uh, this is the mm. president's opportunity to have uh, a very uh, open and honest conversation with members of the Senate. And I think anybody that tries to distort it into something other than that is just misunderstanding what the purpose is. I, just clarify, cause I don't want to get it wrong either. Does, are you saying that if Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan were there, then that conversation would be distorted? No, not so, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm, I'm saying that if anybody thinks saying? that the Republican viewpoint isn't being represented no, is... I- completely misunderstanding that the that. president is the leader of the Republican Party. Doesn't seem like it right now, but okay. So is the president 
negotiating on behalf of the <coughs> Republican leadership on the Hill in this meeting? Or the president's he- negotiating on behalf of the American people exactly what he was elected to do. <laughs> and the idea that you guys keep trying to distort this into a bad thing is, I think, exactly why uh, this president was elected. They were sick and tired of business as usual. They wanted somebody who would break up the status quo that would bring people uh-huh. from both sides of the table together to have conversations. Really? This president's done more for bipartisanship in the last eight days than Obama did in eight years. Yeah, I think that's true. I, in fact, I know that's true. Barack Obama never reached out to the other side of the aisle. Never. He didn't. He didn't need to because they had uh, at 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 several points of his administration. At some points of his administration, they had majorities in uh, the House and the Senate at the very beginning. Now they lost that, uh, but then he still didn't reach out to the other side of the aisle. I that's. I, that's not what I'm looking for. Maybe maybe others are. Maybe others are looking for, yeah, I want bipartisanship. I want them to compromise on every single value, every single principle. I want them to get together with Democrats so that we can have the progressive viewpoints on all of these issues. Maybe some people want that. I don't. Maybe I'm just a bad person. I don't know. Is that what it is? Because my perspective on this is every time we reach out to the other side of the aisle, they bite our hands off. Every single time and then we're hemorrhaging on the floor bleeding out and the democrats win again i don't want this bipartisanship i want the republicans to do what we put them in office to do and that's to get certain uh items on the agenda passed into law tax reform for instance getting rid of obamacare for instance building a wall along the border a fence a wall whatever let's let's have border security let's enforce u.s law let's do these things that's what i was looking for wait but she just said it's important that we have the conversation and that's why he's there yeah so uh, that's what they're doing they're having late night they're, conversations they're having with conversa- chinese food and uh, a lot of conversations and look at good things coming Getting nothing done hmm? sarah huckabee sanders also uh, talked about Jamel Hill from ESPN um, yesterday. She, she, she said that Jamel Hill made a fireable offense when she called the president. Now, J- Jamel Hill, she hosts the I, it's 6 o'clock Central Sports Center um, with the uh, a guy whose name I don't know because I, I don't like that show, and I so I don't watch them. <laughs> uh, but it's quite obvious that they're incredibly progressive and incredibly liberal. And she called she called the president of the United States a white supremacist. Huh. And in ESPN virtually said nothing about it. Yeah, whatever. It's just, she's, you know, yeah, free speech. <laughs> now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said it's one of the more outrageous comments that anyone could make and certainly something that I think is a fireable offense by ESPN. Well, yes. Had had she said that about a Democrat, she would be fired. She would be summarily fired and it would be over. But because she said it about a Republican, ESPN couldn't care less. They don't care about that. She she was given a talking to, apparently. She's still on the air. Uh, she hasn't been fired. This is this is the network that fired a guy for writing Chink in the Army Armor, Chink in the Armor. For writing uh, that uh, a tennis player had guerrilla tactics, not the tax 
tactics of a gorilla, as in an animal, but gorilla warfare tactics, spelled completely differently. It's the network that fired Kurt Schilling for expressing uh, certain right-wing viewpoints. It's the network that just suspended another one of their hosts, uh, Linda Cohn, called her up and said, don't come back to work, because she spoke her mind. But Jamel Hill can call the president of the United States a white supremacist and keep her job and not even be reprimanded for it. Not even have any kind of punishment or penalty for it. Jeez. Does anybody remember 2009, 2010? Uh, there was a, a guy named Glenn Beck who huh. appeared on a Fox News morning show called Fox and Friends. And they were talking about Barack Obama, some of his comments, some of his feelings. This was around the time when Barack Obama had said uh, that the police acted stupidly when he when when white police showed up at his black friend's house without any of the facts, without knowing what was really going on. This is the guy who said that his grandmother was a, quote, typical white person, unquote, who had certain feelings bred into her <laughs> that's pretty racist for for anybody else those would be racist comments and that particular uh, person glenn Beck, mentioned you know i think I, I don't know i think he might have some sort of problem with white people i think he might be racist he was just thinking out loud he was asking the question oh the humanity and we all know, okay, of course, all hell broke loose, and it's still brought up to this day. The man who once called Barack Obama a racist. Now, he, he really kind of didn't. He was just kind of bringing up the possibility, and that with good reason, frankly. The man who once called... I mean, they're still writing that in articles today. Glenn Beck, the, one, the man who once called Barack Obama a racist. And for some reason, bringing that up, Calling somebody a racist made him a racist. I, I, I don't know how that works. But uh, this is amazing that ESPN can just blow this completely off, even though uh, Jamel Hill called the president a white supremacist with absolutely no evidence to suggest that that's true. Let's go to Kathleen in New, Jer- New Jersey. Uh, Kathleen, hi, you're on the blaze. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, socialized medicine. I'm a disabled vet and had breast cancer, and uh, they wanted me to cancel my appointment for surgery and wait four months to get into the VA for the first appointment, not for surgery, but just to get in to see a doctor. Wow. doesn't guarantee I'll get the surgery. So, of course, I, I used my Medicare, and I went and had it done locally. Did the people realize what they're signing away when they when they go for socialized medicine the sovereignty of america individual rights uh the right to get in to see a doctor quickly in mm-hmm. an emergency no that, they that's, don't realize that's that what i'm most concerned about yeah they, they they don't realize that so have you and, have you always uh experienced bad care at the va or is it sometimes decent well i went there for many years like six or seven years once a month because I had a severe injury in the Marine Corps. Uh-huh. And uh, then my doctor retired, and they switched it to Delaware, and I live a long way from there. And I've tried to go back, 
And I went back one time, and it was so bad that I said, I'll never go back again because I'd like to live. Wow. And I haven't been back to them since, I think, 1983. And the only other thing I might ask you, besides saying that the government can't run the VA, but they're going to run our uh, socialized medicine. Mm -hmm. That ought to be really good. Yes. Um, If uh, illegal immigration was uh, the people voted mostly Republican, how fast do you think the Democrats would demand a border wall? That's for sure. There's no question about it. You're absolutely right, and everybody knows that's correct. Everybody knows that. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Kathleen. That's a great point. If they were mostly conservatives, if they were mostly Republicans, there's no way Democrats want them here. The Democrats want them here only for the votes. They know that's that's their future power structure right there, is legalizing 20 million people who are here illegally. And so, I mean, the dreamers are just the beginning. You know that for a fact. The dreamers are just the beginning, and and sadly, Trump is playing right along with it. So they'll they'll grant amnesty to these eight hundred thousand kids, who are all wonderful, who are all humanitarians, who are all Eagle Scouts or uh, whatever the equivalent is in the Girl Scouts. They're all sainted. Uh, they they would all be knighted by the British Empire if they were still doing that. And as a matter of fact, I think they are yeah, because they're, they're Sir, Sir Paul McCartney, right? They just knighted him several years ago. But um, every single one of these kids is wonderful and angelic. And so we're going to we're going to grant them the amnesty. Well, then what about their parents? Are you going to separate that family? Are, are you going to collect the parents of a dreamer and send them back to Mexico or Guatemala? You're going to separate a family? Well, no, we're not going to do that. So we're going to grant amnesty to their parents, too. Well, their cousins. What about their cousins? What about their, uh, what about their uncles? What about their aunts? They've got to have. You know what we need is just a blanket amnesty, and then we'll start all over again. Mm-hmm. So, all y'all, y'all come free. Everybody who's here, you're all legal. Don't even, don't even worry about it. We're going to grant you citizenship right now. Now, if you want to pay a fine, go ahead. But we're not really going to push that. We're not really going to insist upon it. We're not going to send you to the back of the line, but we're going to say we are. <laughs> and that's and then pretty soon, 20 million people have amnesty. 20 million people are now brand new citizens, all voting for Democrats. Good luck with that. 888-900-3393. Cosmo Hertz Kids is uh, CosmoHertzKids.com. They're, they're on a mission. Cosmo Hertz Kids founder is Miss Victoria Hurst. Her family is the Hearst family. The Hearst Corporation publishes Cosmopolitan Magazine, known as Cosmo. Now, she believes that Cosmo contains pornography that's harmful to kids. Cosmo Hurts Kids Campaign, they're not trying to censor the magazine or put them out of business or, or do any of that. They, they're all about the First Amendment. What they want to do is to have the state's material harmful to minors laws applied to Cosmo uh, because it's appropriate. And then it can't be sold to anybody under the age of 18. Uh, That's certainly not too much to ask. If you'd like to learn more about this, about the Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign, please visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. Victoria, of course, believes uh, in the the First Amendment. And she, I mean, she's part of the Hurst family. Cosmopolitan, she doesn't want to put Cosmo out of business. She just believes we need to take a stand against pornography being sold to anybody under, under 18. 
So visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. And if you miss any portion of the show, you can check it out again on the podcast. So uh, go to iTunes and you can download it there and, uh, you know, subscribe and have it downloaded to you every day. I think it works mm-hmm. like that, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, uh, I know nothing about modern technology, but I know that there are things that can happen that I don't know are going on. And I think that's one of them. I think you're going to tweet out <laughs> some helpful uh, links. Oh, am I? Good. Yeah, good you're going to do that. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. And you can tweet us at Pat Unleashed. And you can thumb up me on Facebook as well. Mm. Uh, and tomorrow I'll be uh, filling in. Uh, we're getting the band back together. Stu and I will be filling in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck radio program. And then I'll be right back here doing this as well. 888 900 I love this. Black Lives Matter has covered up a Thomas Jefferson statue. Uh, you might remember uh, when Donald Trump uh, asked one of the most profound questions he's ever asked as far as i'm concerned and that's well where does this end if we start tearing down all of these statues of the confederate soldiers and whatever where does that end do you then go after george washington do you then go after thomas jefferson do you take down all of our icons all of the people that we revere and he was vilified for that it was like oh that's just a fundamental misunderstanding that's a fundamental misunderstanding of history how could you compare uh, jefferson and washington to confederate soldiers he was saying it's a slippery slope you start with the confederate soldiers and then you look at at our founders and you say hey they had slaves let's take down their statues as well well they're doing it i mean they're trying it black lives matter covered up a, a statue of uh, Thomas Jefferson at the University of Virginia. That's, of course, you might recognize that as the university that he founded. They gathered about a hundred of these Black Lives Matter members, gathered around a statue, and draped it in black fabric and a Black Lives Matter banner that said "F White Supremacy." Only <laughs> obviously spelled out. The protest was organized. Uh, on the one-month anniversary of Unite the Right demonstration in Charlottesville, and those gathered at the statue of Thomas Jefferson chanted, no Trump, no KKK, no racist UVA. See, that's really good because it sort of rhymes, mm-hmm. and that, that means that they must be right. I guess if they could rhyme certain phrases, that's, yeah, then you really believe in their cause. And then they had signs and chants that said, Thomas Jefferson is a racist and a rapist. This is just unacceptable. I mean, the ignorance here is on a scale that's hard to even imagine. It's just hard to even imagine. The guy, uh, the rapist thing, they're insinuating that he raped his slave, Sally Hemming, which he did not. Uh, Even the historians who believe that he fathered her children don't believe he raped her. I mean, this is just nuts. Um. But the other thing is, they're not his children. And that's been shown. The DNA thing that they did back in 1998, and they said, well, yeah, it's Thomas Jefferson. No, they came back and said, no, that, that's not right. 
I mean, it, it got it it went like a wildfire where it blazed all across the world that he was actually th- proven through DNA to be the father of these kids. And it's just not true. It's one of 28 different people. And historians who, who understood the character of Thomas Jefferson don't believe he did that. That, that. That floated out there for all of five minutes. And the thing that is most infuriating about that, it was all to exonerate Bill Clinton's wrongdoings. That's the only reason they even went down that road to begin with. Yeah, well, yes. And that's why... I mean, that's why that we've had this movement to disparage the founding fathers is so that our politicians today can look better than they do compared to our founders. That's why they've had to tear them all down. And Thomas Jefferson did not father Sally Hemings' children. It was more likely his nephew or his brother. Much more likely his nephew or his brother. But we'll never know for sure. We don't know. And in the meantime, he's being called a racist and a, and, and a rapist and all of these things to, to disparage him in his memory. Um, and and here we're we're placing our our 21st century values on an 18th century man when slavery was instituted by Great Britain and and left as a legacy to these people, and they did their best to get rid of it and still keep a union together. I mean, it's a com- it's a more complicated issue. Than just oh he's a racist because he had slaves yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit different it's a little more nuanced than that there's a lot to it it's a complicated issue but they won't listen to any of that you can't you can't listen to any of that and then of course when onlookers came by and said hey that don't do that to Thomas Jefferson they shot at him down triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three Walter in Pennsylvania hi you're on the blaze uh, hi Pat hi. I've been watching the show, and I had three or four different things to talk about. So you, okay. you put me on. You put you know, the last thing you said uh, was uh, you were talking about population and people coming into the country. Yeah. And about ten years ago, I wrote a letter uh, to the Wall Street Journal. I don't think they ever printed it. And basically, what I the bottom line, the premise was: Why don't we open the borders and let upwards of 800 to possibly a billion people come into the country, and be like India or China? Mm-hmm. Our standard of living probably wouldn't be quite the same, but an experiment may be worth taking a chance on based on what I'm hearing from all corners of this country. Mm-hmm. The, the, the um, physicist Stephen Hawking wrote some years ago about all the possible problems, uh, dangers to the Earth, you know, quantum ray bursts and roving black holes and asteroids and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But he said the most pressing danger to the planet was overpopulation. Number one greatest danger to Earth was overpopulation. And yet people in this country want to hand that to us. How many people, in your opinion, or in anybody's opinion, should be in the United States? Should be at 600 million, 700 million? Uh, I mean, we could open the doors to Africa and South America and China, Indonesia, mm-hmm. and we could have a billion people in a year. <laughs> yes, we could. Yes, we could. So how many should we and, have? And it's a great question because it, it does cause you to think, okay, well, if you're saying you want to open borders, well, then open the borders. Let everybody in here. Let's see how that works. Because obviously, that's not going to work. And when you shut down the United States of America – um, then we can't help anybody, right? We just, we're, we're useless at that point. We can't help ourselves and we can't 
help anybody else. Appreciate the call, Walter. It's a, it's a good point. And uh, I don't know what the answer is. How many people do you want here? You, you have to control the influx of people from other places, don't you? Isn't that reasonable to do? If the size of your home is, let's say you have 3,000 square feet, do you want, do you want 89 people living there? Eh, probably not, right? So you're going to control the flow of how many people come into your home and live in your home. The same thing has to be true of a sovereign nation. You can't just open the doors and say, everybody come in here who wants to. It just doesn't work. We can't do that. All right. Let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. Uh, for years, big money has has flowed in from big mobile to support ridiculous liberal causes like bathrooms for new genders or mo- more socialized uh, health care um, that means your monthly phone bill with Big Mobile is helping fund the liberal agenda, and it's undermining your values. And that's just a fact, And you, but you don't have to stand for it. Yeah, Now, you probably didn't even know that was going on, but it is. And thankfully, there's finally an alternative. It's called Patriot Mobile, America's only conservative cell phone company. With Patriot Mobile, your money will be used to support the causes that you and your family believe in. Like if it's NRA, your money can go there. If it's Heritage Foundation or Freedom Works, your money can go there. And then you get the same nationwide coverage, the same 4G LTE high speed. And they got a back to school special, unlimited talk, text and data, free Samsung or iPhone, all of that for a flat fee of $55. 1-800-A-PATRIOT, patriotmobile.com or 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. Uh, wow, DC is having a real problem. Uh, they're being plagued right now by a record number of rats. Which, I mean, obviously, there's over 500 on uh, Capitol Hill alone. So, hey. uh, well over 500 of them. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. See what I did? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. Like the rats or the politicians. I got it. That's, that's kind of where I was going right. with that. I know. <laughs> uh, triple, yeah. And you, if you have to explain it, it's probably not worth doing. You know that one of this one of the good safety tips of comedy. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, atheists are claiming a, a school and um, a, a public school, and I'm trying to find where the state is. I think it's in Tennessee. Is proselytizing because they have a hallelujah chorus. This this is the actual chorus in action. They're really pretty good. It's obviously the George Friedrich Handel famed Hallelujah Chorus, but a couple of parents told an atheist group, the Freedom From Religion Foundation, I love these people. They're just, these are are wonderful human beings. The Freedom From Religion Foundation, East Tennessee chapter, 
that a portion of the classical piece was broadcasted to students at Linden Elementary School. Oh, no. You know what that is? According to the atheists, that's proselytizing. And even if you call it that, so what? Show me where you can't proselytize in the United States Constitution. Because it ain't there. It's not there. You know what you can't do? You can't have Congress establish a law. And you can't restrict the free exercise of people's religion. Other than that, Mm. you can have a hallelujah chorus. You can pray in Congress, and we do. You can pray at the Supreme Court, and we do. You can do all of these things. You could pray at school. I don't care what the Supreme Court said in 1963. It is constitutional to do that. And yet, the prevailing theory in our society is you can't even mention religion. You can't bring up God in public. I, it's just we've gotten so far afield from where we were supposed to be, from way, the way it was founded by our, our founding fathers. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about the iPhone 10. It's going on sale. I think you can pre-order on October 27th, and then you can actually pick it up November 2nd or something like that. And uh, it, it doesn't really... I mean, there's not a lot new that it does. There's some new features like the facial recognition. And what we talked about yesterday was a security issue with that facial recognition a little bit. But I, I think it's it's worth a little bit of review here today, too, if, if you want to talk about that. 888 how far we have come with what we're willing to ignore. Um, my producer Keith and I were talking about this yesterday about how how we used to be really diligent about, no, I'm, I'm not going to grant <laughs> you access to my camera um, because you get these little pop-up messages. Hey, we would like to find your, is it okay if we locate your location and give it to every app you have on your phone? No, no, it's not okay. Uh, hey, the Weather Channel would like to know what location you're in so they can give you a better weather forecast. No. Well, now mm-hmm. I've just been beaten down with that, and I just say yes to everything. Yeah, it's, it's convenient. And you you want to yes. know that. It's convenient. And then I think, well, maybe my GPS system will work better if they know my location. So, yes. <laughs> this all used to be kind of a, cons- a security concern for me, and now it's like, nah, go for it. And you want to know where the hottest deals are. If you're just I do. randomly driving around town, got nothing going on. And if I don't tell them where they where I am, they're yeah. not going to know where to they, send me for a great restaurant or a gas know. station. They don't know. Where where do they send the coupon for? Right. And now they do. <laughs> so it's And they helpful. know a lot of other things, too, in yeah. case the corporation or the government ever goes awry. And I'm not saying, you know, this is a huge issue this minute. No, I am. Keith is. Keith, Keith is a little more. But it doesn't but but still, you're doing stop, it. Doesn't right? stop me from being a hypocrite. No, I, mean, I know. It's a total problem. Well, we all are. We all are. And and the toll tags. I mean, when I when we first start, started talking about these intrusive things into our society in the early 2000s, like 2001, <sighs> and I talked about it in Houston, and and people were they were adamant about it. A lot of guys, a lot of people, a lot of women too. But they would call and say, I I won't even get a toll tag because then they have all all my information. They can track me through the you know, through the the toll booths, the RFID chip, the RFID logs chip your visit there. through there. Yep. Yeah, and if they ever needed to find you, they could certainly track you through that RFID chip. Cameras everywhere. So, how far have we come? The facial recognition on our phones, not a problem. Toll tags, not a problem. The grocery store discount card. Well, I mean, you gotta have that. You gotta have that. It, it makes it makes the price of the cereal not three ninety five, mm-hmm. but three fifty. Thank you. That is forty five cents. I can't do without that. Mm-mm. Cameras on freeways, cameras in stores, 
cameras in banks and on streetlights. Almost, they're almost everywhere now. Ubiquitous. You you have no expectation of privacy when you leave your house. NSA compiling of data. Yeah, they they're they're not doing anything with it. I'm not doing it. And, and here's another prevailing theory. I'm not doing anything wrong. Why should I care what they're what they're doing? Well, because you don't know what they'll consider wrong at some point. You don't know if you're doing something wrong when, if and when the government ever really goes bad. Google stores all of our internet information. Okay, so those are just a few of the things that come immediately to mind. Should we be concerned about this? Or should we just roll over and, and accept it all because it makes our life a little bit easier? About 10 or 15 years ago, there was a company called Digital Angel. And they would plant a little chip. I think it was in your wrist. You could either either have it in your wrist or your forehead. Which sends chills up and down the spine of pretty much all Christendom. Because, you know, we're on the lookout for some sort of mark of the beast. And, and I think when we grew up hearing about this mark of the beast thing, we thought... Well, the beast is going to just say, hey, I want you to put this mark on you so I know that you're one of my people. And that that was never the way it was going to be (laughs) distributed. It's going to be distributed in the way that it's convenient for you. Hey, this could save your life. You put this in your children, and if they're ever kidnapped, we'll be able to find them immediately and go save them. Uh, If you have a heart attack, this will call 911 and... Send your vital statistics to the oh. EMPs who are coming to try to save you. They'll know in advance how you're doing. Good. What's the problem? There is no problem. Of it's not. all convenient. Just mm. go ahead and put this little chip in your wrist. It's, it's not an issue. Mm-mm. So, should we be concerned or is it or is it paranoia? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. First of all, let's take care of Brad, who's been waiting a while to talk about open borders. Hey, Brad, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. Good to talk to you. You too. Um. Going back to the open borders conversation, I just wanted to say uh, on the bright side of that, mm-hmm. groups like uh, Mercury, Mercury One could just fly in planes full of conservative Christians. <laughs> well, yeah, we could, uh, but even that would overwhelm us after a while. If you bring in all the conservative Christians from all over the world, you're going to strain the system just a tad. But, uh, yeah, that, that would be a side benefit. Uh, Pauline in Tennessee. Hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Pauline? Pat? Yes? I just want to know how you could possibly um, impeach the president for changing parties in the middle of a term. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's a little late for that because we we invited him in, didn't we? We, you know, we... Invite him out? Uh, you know, uh, it's probably a little premature for that. He hasn't done a high crime or misdemeanor that I know of. It's just changing parties midstream wouldn't be enough to impeach him. Uh, thanks for the call, Pauline. Um, but it is aggravating. And and I, we all, you know, me, Glenn, Stu, we tried to warn about this very thing happening because he's never been a conservative. Oh, wait, that's he, not why you did that. He didn't even claim to be a conservative. No, you did that because you wanted Hillary to win. <laughs> right. Well, that's what we were accused of, of Ugh. course. We were traitors. We uh, were treasonous. We abandoned our values. We, When really we were just applying the values we'd always, always had, and he didn't share them. That was our problem. He didn't share them. 
which is why we weren't on board. But when he became president, okay, we're going to set all of that aside. Let's see how he does. Well, now we're starting to see. And we're, we're experiencing all the things that we kind of talked about. Uh, Armand in California. Hi, you're on with Pat. Uh, he, hey, Pat. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, but Trump. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, uh, Pat, I really just wanted to say I've been a longtime listener uh, all the way since Monday. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've been listening since the fourth hour. Um, uh, I'm really glad that you have your own show. And I'm in Los Angeles surrounded by insanity. And it gives me a little wow. bit of joy and a little bit of hope in my heart that I have somebody that I can listen to. That's great. Thank you, you Armand. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. Out here. I know every time every time we go to, to Los Angeles and do, uh, which isn't that often, but w- when we do an event there, the people there are like, oh, thank you for coming here. We never get this. Thank you. So you must feel pretty lonely out there in L.A. It really is. And I'm, I'm 33. I'm surrounded by my 30-year-old friends. And uh, I have my one friend, he, his, uh, his wife just got pregnant. And now they're having a baby. A week ago, it was just, uh, in his mind, it was just a clump of cells. And now it's an actual baby. But oh, you can't man. see the difference anymore. Really? But, yeah. It's, it's, <sighs> it's, it's amazing. That's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. And it's not getting any better. No. It really isn't. And no, with, it's... you know, Trump was never conservative. Uh it, it We it, tried it, to tell everybody, it, it, didn't it, we? I mean, we, we yeah. talked until and, we were blue in the face about it, and it really it probably hurt us. We talked about it so yeah. much. Um yeah, absolutely. And it, it makes me not want to talk to my friends anymore, and that's the sad part about the political state because it is. I love these yeah. people. I've yeah. known these people for twenty years and they hate me. Because I have, because I believe a baby is a baby. Wow. Appreciate the call. Thanks a lot, Armand. Uh, That's really depressing. Uh, Taylor in Utah. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. Uh, I've been listening to you and Glenn Beck and uh, everybody else at the blaze for a long time. And here at my uh, small business at the woodshop, and just I I get to listen to you guys guys every every morning. So I appreciate uh, what you guys do and and, uh, that you're getting the conservative voice out on the air. It's, uh, It's definitely needed yeah thank you anyways but uh, i just wanted to call you yesterday you were talking about uh, teaching our children the constitution and how schools just aren't doing it nowadays and mm-hmm. in fact a lot of schools are doing the, the opposite but uh just wanted to give you a little bit of you, everybody a little bit of hope that uh, my daughter's school here in utah they she's in second grade they do the uh pledge of allegiance every morning every wednesday they sing both first and second verse of the star spangled banner she did a presentation where she recited the preamble. So she has that memorized wow. in nice. second grade. I know. And, uh, you know, we, we teach her the Constitution at home, but we are so Good. grateful for this school. Is, that, it a, uh, is it a public or private? It's a, it's a, uh, it's a charter school. Is it, is it, it's not American Heritage, is it? It's American Preparatory okay. Academy. So. It's, it's got, there's, there's several throughout Utah, but, yeah. uh, yeah, but, um, but it, it's great because, um, you know, we are, we, we don't have to worry, you know, we are constantly checking up. So we do worry, I guess, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very comforting to know that they're teaching their, their main teaching philosophy is to create good American citizens that will contribute to society. So, That's fantastic. That's, Anyways, there that's are as great it should be. Schools out there. Yeah, that's as it should be. Thanks a lot, Taylor. Appreciate that. And if you don't have access to a school like that, if you're you know subjected to the public school system, you can't homeschool, um, and and maybe you don't have the money for private school, 
Just supplement what they're learning at school with what you can teach them. Learn the Constitution yourself if you don't know it yet. Learn it and then teach it to them. If you know it, teach it to them. And just supplement what they're getting because they have to have uh, they have to have a knowledge of why things work the way they do. Because at school, they're continually being bombarded with this green nonsense, which is the new red. The, the climate change stuff is the new communism because it leads us to the same place. More and more and more government control. Bankrupting us by spending, Al Gore wants to spend $90 trillion dollars. Uh, on fixing a, a situation that can't be fixed. $90 trillion? Do you know how much money is in circulation in all the world? $60 trillion. <laughs> A third more. He wants to spend one-third more than all the money in the world. But that's it. I mean, he doesn't ask too much. Can I, can I just go back to, you mentioned homeschooling and, and making sure that your children learn what, what needs to be taught um, you and I both uh, are homeschool parents, and I just have a message to people out there that, that have really young kids, or maybe are about to plan to have kids, plan ahead a little bit here, look down the road, check and see what, what is allowed in your state as far as education, and educating your children at home. Start acting now, because by the time your children become school age, and those laws begin to affect you, because there are some states where it's severely limited, particularly mm-hmm. the Northeast. Um, I know that the Homeschool Legal Defense uh, Association, they have a, a, a helpful color-coded map. And if your state's red or orange, I mean, that's trouble. And you might want to start laying the groundwork now and talking to your representatives about loosening up some of the laws that prevent you from educating your own children. So if you got young kids, that's my safety tip for the day there. Good safety tip. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns mm-hmm. on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. Uh, if you don't, if, if you miss any portion of the show, you can certainly check it out later on the podcast and listen on demand and uh, check it out that way on iTunes. We're also on Twitter now, no longer Twitterless Pat. It's at Pat Unleashed. And of course, uh, Pat Gray Radio on Facebook, if you if you want to check that out as well. I'm, I know I've been very sketchy on the Facebook thing. Huh. That happened because I got so frustrated with what was going on during the campaign and i would talk about it and then i'd just get bludgeoned by supporters of the president and i you know you couldn't make a point without them accusing you of being now liberal or you're a traitor or you're just going to vote for hillary you're going to get her elected when really we were just trying to caution i don't think this guy is who you think he is and i don't know maybe you're seeing that now maybe not i know he's done some Great things. Neil Gorsuch was awesome so far. Uh, getting us out of the Paris climate change thing was great. Triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven. That's a long list right there. You just rattled <laughs> off. 
Hold on, let's go through. Hold on. I don't. Do we have enough time before the break? Hold uh, on. What was it again? It was. <laughs> it was Neil Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch. And, all right, Supreme Court. Okay, and so far, so good. And then the Paris Accord. Wow. Okay. Whew, too much winning. Sorry, <laughs> I am worn out. I am. I'm almost to the point where I'm going to ask him to stop. <laughs> right? You're going to get tired of winning. Well, here we are. Mr. President, please stop. I'm getting sick of the winning. Take a breath. <laughs> Joe in New York, hi, you're on the blaze. Hi, Pat. Hey. Um, afternoon. Uh, enjoy your show and been watching since Monday. Thank you. Um, um, I'm a registered Republican. Um, did a write-in vote for president. Oh, you did? Uh, I'm, fed, I'm fed up with the Republican Party. Um, Who did you write in, by the way? Uh, as in Nick Mullins. Me too. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that the new uh, political party that gets started, I'm ready to jump ship, and I definitely don't want to go over to the Democratic Party. Well, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping people like Mike Lee and Ted Cruz and... Mm-hmm. Um, those types uh, create a new party, and, and I love that uh, he's. It's like he's going to go on a list here, uh-huh. and you got Mike <laughs> Lee, you got your Ted Cruz, uh-huh. and um, and so anyway, uh, Rand Paul. <laughs> you can't go much further than that, can you? Uh, it's really that's sad. It hurts. So, are you hoping that somebody's going to break off and start a new constitutional type party? Is that what you'd like to see? Uh, that's what I would like to say. Yeah, it's just really tough to get that going. It's really tough to get the money and the and the awareness and and all of that. Appreciate the call, uh, Joe. But there was there was a party that did it in the 1850s, and they did it quickly. They lost their first election in 1856, but then somebody named Abe Lincoln mm. won the next election in 1860, and Ugh. that seemed to work out pretty well until recently. Until oh, yeah, mm-hmm. until fairly recently. Mm. Uh, Robert in South Carolina, you're on the blaze. Hi. Uh, hey, Pat, just hey. calling to say that I've uh, been watching y'all for years, and Glenn did a very smart thing separating you where you could talk more. Glenn does a great job, but so do you, and that's being borne out. Thank what you. all you've been saying, just wanted to make a comment. Uh, the thing about the climate change thing, the immigration, the uh, dreamers going on, getting after the statues, all of these things going on has to do with one thing. They're getting rid of the Constitution. That's what this is all about. And uh, all of this is working together for that, to get rid of our Constitution. It's the greatest country that God has ever created. Mm-hmm. And the main thing that's going on in the country today that's really hurt this country, You can, all the stuff I mentioned you talked about, you can bring it all the way back to one thing, Jesus. We've turned our back on him as America, and you don't mock God. He has blessed us more than his own country, his own people of Israel. He's blessed us more, and we've turned our back, and we're paying for it, uh, Pat. It's impossible to argue with that. Appreciate it. Thanks, Robert. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, when you turn your back on righteousness, what's going to happen to the country? Uh, things that aren't good. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the fruits of that labor right now. Scott in Oregon. Hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Oh, yeah, uh, there was two things I just want to talk about, the whole health care thing and the border okay. control. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we capture so many people on that border, and then we have to pay to feed them and that kind of stuff and then send them back. Mm-hmm. So what we should do is just 
take them for a couple of weeks and help them build the friggin' wall. <laughs> and then that pays for their way, for their food, Hang and on. their way back. Hang on. So are we talking about slave labor here? We're just forced labor camps kind well, of situation? Well, you look, you look they, have, they have prisons where they make people work for get money in the prison. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hang on. So, yeah, it's called North Korea. They, they have really good labor camps there. No, no, man. You look at our prisons where we have people making license plates and stuff so oh they, yeah and picking can... up trash on the side of the freeway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know. okay yeah all right but, but no, I'm with think you. about that for one second <laughs> scott scott there might be one flaw in your plan i want you to noodle this one out when they're building the wall let's just make sure they're standing on the correct side of the wall as they're building it or else they're <laughs> yeah. gonna get trapped on the wrong side just <laughs> thanks a lot scott appreciate the call uh triple eight Nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Um, Stan in Oklahoma. Hi, uh, you're on the Blaze. Hi, how are you doing? Good. I'm in Oklahoma, as you know. Okay, I voted for Ted in the primary. Okay. And and uh, so I've been listening to you today. Uh-huh. Well, what was I supposed to do in the general election? Ted wasn't available in the general election. No, he wasn't. So uh, is this just an "I told you so" from you? What, what's your point? <laughs> no. Uh, I just I'm wondering if people are going are going to put up with this. Are we just going to go along with everything he says because it's Donald Trump? It's there's a strange phenomenon stand with with Trump, and that's that you can't oppose anything he ever says or you're bludgeoned. You can't uh, you can't dislike anything he likes, and it's just been so strange to me to observe this over the last two years. So I'm just wondering if people are still going to go along for this ride because it's not going to be a ride any conservative is happy with. Are you happy with it? No, I'm not happy with it. But no. I, but so what do we do? I, do we put up with it? Do we say, yeah, he's doing a great job. Shut up because it's, yeah, but Trump, just stop saying anything about him. That's just hateful. You just hate Trump. Well, I don't hate Trump. I don't even know the guy. Well, um, I don't either. But I'll, I'll tell you what I, I will do. Yep. I'll I'll probably vote for Ted again, and it'll be just like it was the first time. I didn't have any um, – I didn't believe that Ted was going to be uh, – even win the primary, but I voted my conscience. But yeah. uh, what good is my conscience? I guess that's my real question. Yeah, I, I, and I, I understand what you're saying. In America anymore. Yeah, I mean – and it's true. I appreciate the call, Stan. To me, Ted Cruz was the kind of candidate we had been yelling about – asking for begging for praying for for our entire life or at least since ronald reagan and and here we had this opportunity and everybody who's conservative pretty much said the same thing if they weren't going to vote for cruz Mm -hmm. it was well yeah i like i like ted cruz but he's he can't win well he can't win if you don't vote for him that's true but you vote for him and then he can win if you don't have that frame of mind, if all of us would have banded together, if all of us would have insisted on conservatism and those principles and values, uh, we would have won the thing. I mean, Ted Cruz came further than anybody ever imagined he possibly could. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I told you so. Is It does no good. It doesn't do any good for anybody. I'm just wondering, are we going to say anything? Are we going to say, hey, wait a minute. No, I... You promised the DACA, the, the amnesty wasn't going to happen. You promised us a wall was going to happen. 
You promised a repeal of Obamacare. You promised tax reform. Is any of it going to happen? That's what we've got to stand up and ask and take a stand. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Being here with me, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also here is uh, Jeffy with his little Jeffy segment, which and we got a name sometime. I don't know what do we call it. Like the let's noodle this out. The yeah. walrus break. Wait a minute. Uh, the elephant walk. That's where I was um, going. <laughs> it's just so wrong. Is and it? Yet, is it? If that is wrong, I, I don't, don't want to be, be right. right. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna find a good little theme song. We're gonna we're gonna try this. We're gonna make this happen. <laughs> Well, right, I mean, got, the what, little jingle yesterday was cute. Yeah, it was adorable, and but it just too expensive. We can't continue that. <laughs> the production costs? Yeah, yeah that's way too much. Uh, uh, first, I'd like to say that uh, I'm a little tired of a little conversation going on on this very broadcast. Uh-oh. Uh, mm. Recently, mm-hmm. uh, as you're talking about, oh, there was Ted Cruz, and then there was uh, Marco Rubio, and that's about it, right? There's nobody else in line to be pre- um the endorsement of Jim Gilmore uh, for president of the United States <laughs> yeah. was done by me. You know what? Yes, it was. Okay? Yeah, okay. And uh, mm-hmm. former governor, uh, Mr. Right. Gilmore. Just a powerful we conservative. Be, we wouldn't be having these issues right. uh, with Mr. President Gilmore. I'll yeah. tell you that. Uh, okay, you can you know tell what? us that all you want, but. I don't know. He was ahead of the curve on this. I mean, he's <laughs> taking a victory lap that he's deserving. Uh, yes, you Thank saw you. something we didn't. Thank you. And, you know, you were talking about the apps, and uh, I am so ready to be chipped. Just mm. put just just put it in. Just put it in. I'm tired of fighting about I'm it. I'm tired of it fighting in. it. You all know what the, else? All you, the apps have got it. You know, it used you to wouldn't be need a card anymore. You just swipe your wrist over the it scanner. It used to be you could say no to a particular like uh, we want access to uh-huh. your pictures or no. we want access to your numbers. You could say no and still use the app. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Anymore it's like we want access to your pictures. No. Okay, no problem. You just won't be able to use the app. Yep. They got us. That's right. So just, I mean if you, you just, have just, to have yes. the app, which you don't. Well, no. But, you, you don't, but you do. Yeah. That's, you, you don't, but you do. That's where we so are. Just, that's just where we are as a me. society. Just yeah, put just the chip be, in me. And jam it right in my take, forehead. Take, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Scan my retinas. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just, just going me, to hell. I've just accepted let that. me okay. in the store. I want 5% okay. off. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the phone becomes, well, a phone, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. if you don't uh-huh. accept all those. So yesterday we talked a little bit about the uh, London uh, sewer clog, the Fatberg. Yeah. And uh, good news, uh, the London Museum is uh, looking to take a big chunk of the Fatberg and put it on display at the museum. Which, really? How, how, good, how fun will that be? Uh, not. Going to the London Museum? Oh, look at the history. And then there's the Fatberg. It's amazing. I mean, what? What turns out to be entertainment or art, it's pretty amazing. Hey, hold on. Serious. Hold on. If, if I make a t-shirt for you, because I like making t-shirts online. It's fun stuff, you know? Who doesn't? If I make a t-shirt that says Fatberg, would you wear it? It'd be a gift from me to you. Hmm? Well, that'd be nice. Thank you. 
It didn't seem like you meant that. I don't think he did. It was weird. No. Anyway, well, it's, well, just, it's about the story you've been reading. It's just, it's just Fatberg. I could be Fatberg London, Fatberg UK. I don't know. I'll do something like that. Thank you. Yeah, what else you got? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know Hurricane Harvey came through and we're sad and we're, you know, it's, people are rebuilding and it's horrible in all their lives. But uh, maybe it's just a local thing here in in the Texas area but enough with the hawk hmm. enough with harvey the hawk harvey the uh, hawk i'm I don't so know. sick I don't know what harvey of hearing the hawk is. about harvey the freaking hawk you're sick of hearing about it and i haven't even heard word one about a it. a cab driver driving cab at, just before the hurricane hit a hawk mm-hmm. flies into his car hurt mm-hmm. wouldn't leave the cab that took him home wouldn't leave the cab driver until after the hurricane and now they brought him up here to Dallas a few days ago for rehab, and they've set, they just they can't set rehab him free. Hawks in Houston? No, oh. no, because they wanted to set him free. They were afraid something might happen to him down there. I mean, it's where Harvey <laughs> is, where the hurricane was, Pat. And where are you hearing this story? I've never even heard of it. Uh, perhaps you should listen to some local Texas news. Yeah, I don't. So you know, local news is all about. It. I'm really concerned about Harvey the Hawk. Well, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he's he is in North Texas. And he's he's going to make it because I'll tell you why they brought him up here is because they're starting to spray uh-huh. down there for mosquitoes. Oh yeah, I mean it's getting really bad. Can you imagine? I mean, Ugh. they are getting, the mosquito problem in Houston is already bad. I mean, they've brought and they it, drive through neighborhoods all the time and do the mist yeah. and try to kill them that way um, because there's all kinds of. I mean, West Nile. Well, malaria, all of that stuff. Uh, Pat, they've brought in the Air Force. They are bringing in the Air Force because to, do what? to spray, <laughs> to spray uh, over the six million acres with insecticides. Yeah, and uh, they're telling you know, look. Do you know that Houston people, is larger than the state of New Jersey in area <laughs> in land wow. mass? Did Houston, you know that even if it wasn't, I would like it better than the state of New Jersey oh, me anyway? <laughs> me too. But Houston is bigger than the state of New Jersey. Yeah. Well, think about this. This is a fact that I learned at one point that blew me away. DFW Air International Airport. Yeah. Bigger than Manhattan. That's true. I've heard Bigger that than the too. island of Manhattan. That's hard to believe. It sure is. Mm. But when you drive home, wow. I drive home every day and I watch them land yeah, two or three runways at a time. Yeah, I know. I mean... You, I That's come amazing. to work this morning and they're land, there's, they got them rowed up with three three deep. And it's oh, yeah. still not big enough. Three we wide, have two three airports. Deep. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty amazing. Now, the only thing that you have to worry about for the uh, insecticides down there in Houston, and they're fine. Listen, don't the EPA and everybody, they're fine. They're actually good for you. Yeah, the they're fine. Don't worry about it. Just, right? just, look, look. Are people can, worried about that? Yeah. And they're telling you, look, stay inside. And they're really concerned about uh, the one that they're using in Harris County. The last time they did it uh, in Florida, they killed a bunch of bees. <laughs> well, you can't kill bees. And you bees cannot are kill bees. Sacred to yeah, us. You cannot kill bees. <laughs> no, seriously, they are though. They are. I know. And the they bees. Are. The bees know. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they the do. bees know. <laughs> yes, they Which is maybe why some people are trying to kill them. So they oh. d- they don't tell what they know. That's, you know that's possible. Hold on, <laughs> this bastards. could be a, a deep state conspiracy. We got to get Alex Jones on this thing. <laughs> hey Jeffy, he probably already is. Uh, what, yes. co- what color T-shirt would you like? I'm I'm designing Fatberg UK right now. And, I mean, uh, don't I'm just wondering what. Don't try to rub your artistic. What do you mean? I just I'm trying to figure out what color you want, man. That's nice. But 
It's not, he's getting you a free it's baby, t-shirt. It's baby blue right now. Is that what we're doing? Uh, is that the color of an iceberg? I don't know. <laughs> All right. What else you have? And this story is twofold. It really kind of threw me, kind of bugged me today, and I'm not quite sure why. First, it was a joke because Christian Bale is uh, an actor who has lost weight a bunch of times for different movies, lost mm-hmm. and gained weight for all kinds of roles. And, and I mean, we here, especially me, <laughs> know how difficult it is to, you know, lose and gain weight over and over again for different roles that you do. Now, and Christian, has, <laughs> his latest role is uh, going to be uh, Dick Cheney. Oh, that's right. Uh, and so I heard he's, about that. So he's gaining, he, right? So yeah, he's gaining. He, a said, lot. he joked around about, oh, I ate a lot of pies. I ate a lot of pies. And so you hope that maybe it's going to be a good movie. And then you read a little bit about uh, the uh, <clears throat> director, writer-director, mm-hmm. uh, Adam McKay. Now he's getting, you know, he's got Steve, Steve Carell. Uh, he's bringing back uh, What's-Her-Face, the lady that was his wife, uh, Amy Adams, in okay. American Hustle, for, to mm-hmm. be uh, Cheney's wife. But then he goes on, I've always found Cheney fascinating. Uh, questions of what drove him, what his beliefs were. Did you? Yeah. But once we started digging, I was astounded at how much he had shaped modern America's place in the world and how shocking the methods were by which he gained his power. So the film will center on Cheney avoiding military service during the Vietnam War, his role as CEO of Mm. Halliburton. And, you know, that was all before becoming one of the most famous vice presidents in American history. So you count on the greatness of Dick Cheney being told in that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you imagine how they're going to smear they're this gonna guy? They're going to portray him horrible. Now He's going to be Satan himself by the time they're done with this oh, movie. Oh, he already is. I mean, it's not, it's not uh, you know, and Halliburton was already evil, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. No matter oh. what, no matter what they did, the government oh, yeah. contracts, the delivering food, uh, supplies to it's our military. You don't hear about that anymore because... Obama did no bid contracts to Halliburton too. <laughs> yeah. Over yes, it was okay. and over it was and over. okay then. And do you know why companies uh, like Halliburton receive no bid contracts from the? Hmm. Let's see. Why. Because they're the only ones who can do the work. <laughs> it's the only company with the know-how, right. the resources, and the people, and and the sheer and mass. To be able, right to be able to do it. To, to be, be able, able to, to actually to handle pull these it kinds off. of things. Yes. There's only Halliburton and maybe another country, uh, company on earth, and for some of the jobs, it's only Halliburton. Yeah, and so that's the same with some of the security companies, right? Blackwater. Yes. And some of them. I mean, there's only a few yeah. that actually are able to have the manpower and the knowledge and the no and the uh, all the all the right. uh, wherewithal that it takes to go into other countries and provide security. Yeah, that's not easy. No, and it's dangerous. You that. And so you got to find hey, people you know, Bill, willing I was to do it. Thinking about starting our security company, we're going to go over in Syria and <laughs> hang out for a few months and provide security for the. Yeah, about six of us are going to get together and go do that. What do you think? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Well, we just got to go over so. there. Uh, <laughs> By the way, speaking of Blackwater, you know, the private security yeah. uh, service, the military personnel that they send on certain, the the head, I can't remember his name, but the head of Blackwater, and they don't call it Blackwater. No, it's been renamed. Else, yeah. But he wants to be inserted into Afghanistan instead of the United States Army and military. Huh. So we'd have a private army go over there and take care of this That's for interesting. us. It's a fascinating concept. That is a fascinating concept. I wonder that's uh, that's really fascinating. Now, Afghanistan is still ruled by a lot of a lot of drug lords. Yes, I mean that's who's running that joint. And the Taliban and, is still uh, heavy there. And 
I'd be surprised at how he's going to make that happen. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting uh, proposal, and he claims to have the ability to do it, and he has the manpower to do it. Trump might actually listen to him. Uh, Trump is the kind of president you aren't lying, he is. that might be willing to try that. Yeah, and he would use it as an example of saving us money. By whatever yeah. we're, whatever we're paying and them, I'm saves not sure us it's a money. terrible idea. I don't think it is, <laughs> but I would do that. Sets a man that sets a whole new yeah, game does. plan for oh, the yeah. world. It's a different world then. It sure is. If you if you start doing private armies that are dealing yeah. with sovereign nations situations in another country, that could get really dicey. Real ugly. Which is why it'll probably never happen. But it was a really interesting proposal, and you know maybe something you kick around. Yeah. I mean, you have to, right? I mean, yes. especially when you want to, I mean, it's, Americans have had it with losing exactly. lives over there from our, from our military that, We've had it with that even being signed there. up to be there, you know, that didn't, they, they weren't drafted and they weren't, they were, they just wanted to be in the military for education purposes. Right. And uh, then we're going to sh- ship them over to a Middle East country three and four and five times different deployments mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean that that's not a bad idea not, not bad at all we'll see how that materializes uh triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three it's pat gray unleashed pat gray unleashed returns after this on the blaze radio network Returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, the proposal for single payer health care is out there now. We'll see how this develops. Uh, but Bernie Sanders has been pushing this. And in the in the beginning, in the beginning, if you suggested uh in 2008 and 2009 that this is this was their plan all along, they called you a liar. Uh they said you were a conspiracy theorist, and nothing could be further from the truth. And the reason they did that was because they weren't ready to really push it down the throats of America, uh, of American citizens. Now they think the tide has has changed, and and it's it's a different world now. They think it's it's maybe possible now to get a, a completely socialized medicine bill through, and here's what Bernie Sanders said about it yesterday. To my Republican colleagues, please don't lecture us on health care. Health care. You can't even say the word. In the last few months, you, the Republican Party, Party. have shown the American people what you stand for For. when you voted for legislation that would throw up to 32 million Americans off of the health insurance they have and at the same time give huge tax breaks to the rich and large corporations. Okay. None of that is true. Not a word of it is true. First of all, 32 million people would not be thrown off of any healthcare system. Some of those people may decide themselves not to get healthcare. They, because they wouldn't be mandated by what law. That's how they continue to make that outrageous claim that 32 million Americans thrown off the rolls. <clears throat> Nobody's throwing them off rolls. 
it's it's just taking away the mandate so that you don't have to buy insurance if you don't want to. Wow, what a concept. That seems like freedom to me. I don't know. Uh, so if you choose not to have health care, you can not have health care. Take that chance. But you're going to pay the price if you uh, if something catastrophic happens in your life. That's called personal responsibility. So that's the big, fat, stinking lie that he's continuing to uh, jam down our throats. That 32 million will be thrown off the health care rolls. You, the Ugh. Republican Party, have Party. no credibility on the issue of health care. Well, Today, we say the function mm. of a rational health care system mm. is to provide quality care mm. to God. all in a cost-effective way. Yeah, While, no depending on your income, your taxes may go up to pay for this publicly funded program, oh. that expense will be more than offset by the money you are saving by the elimination of will it? insurance Will it be costs. more than offset? We are no longer going to get ripped off and pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs on mm. the Medicare for All. We're going to negotiate Medicare for all. with health care as a right you will finally have wow. the freedom to do the work you love and are passionate mm. about, and our economy and our nation will benefit from that. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> With health care as a right. I mean, it's really difficult to tell the truth about this stuff because it, I guess it sounds mean, uh, and people don't like to sound mean and uncaring, but the simple fact is healthcare is not a right. I mean, you could consider it a responsibility of who, whoever uh, provides for the family in the household. It's a responsibility to find some kind of healthcare or take your chances and just pay as you go. But it's not a right. Our rights are outlined in the United States Constitution, and health care didn't make the cut. By the way, neither did housing. Neither did food. I mean, you got to ask these people, excuse me, is food a right? Should the government provide food to all people? Because certainly that's a bigger right than health care. A place to live should be a bigger issue than health care. I use my house a lot more than I go to the doctor. Uh, transportation, I got to get to work. Should that be a right? Well, yeah, because it's insensitive if you force people to to walk to work. It's too far. They can't do that. We're too spread out now. I mean, you can make anything you want a right, which is why our founders didn't. Because there's a word for that, and the word is communism uh cleo in new jersey hi you're on the blaze hi pat how are you doing good good thanks for taking my call Mm -hmm. um i wanted to go back to the education issue that you were talking about a little while ago and i have two daughters in public school one's age 10 one's 11 and not only did i notice the beginnings of this a couple years ago with how they did math you know math was set up with you know, ridiculous amounts of steps that didn't need to be done in order to come up with the correct answer. Yeah, are you talking and, Common Core? Oh, Common Core. Yeah. <laughs> Makes my head explode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, when I would see these steps and then I would teach them the correct way to do a division problem or the correct way to do a multiplication problem. And I and I did pretty good with them. But here we are now and I have my daughters in fifth and sixth grade and my youngest is is still impressioned by me. I can still, you know, kind of make her listen to me. My 11 year old, though, is is not believing anything I say and, and follows her teachers Um that they know more than me and, and some mm. of the things that they're learning. And I mean, we're only in like week two of school and some of the things they're learning was Columbus was a villain. I know. Yeah, I know. He was, he wasn't a hero. He was a villain. Oh, he's, he um, was worse than a villain, Cleo. He's, he's a mass murderer. He's yeah. a genocidal maniac. He's a rapist. Yeah. He cut arms mm-hmm. and limbs off of indigenous people. I mean, what they have made Columbus into is just unbelievable. It, it really is. And, and this week, you know, we discussed in school and at home uh, September 11th. And my daughter, my 11-year-old, said only 20% of Muslims believe in this extremist stuff, the violence, you know, and her little knowledge of what goes on in the world. And that 80% of them don't believe. And I tried to express to her, you know, the Quran and what the Quran teaches and that how can you follow all of the Quran but not that. That it just doesn't. Right. It just doesn't go together. And by the way, twenty percent of all Muslims is a pretty large number, like two hundred and fifty million people. Uh, So if only twenty percent have extremist views, that's a quarter of a billion people. Uh, It's incredible. Still there, Cleo? Something is true. Yeah. And that Bill Nye is a science guy. He's a scientist. So, and I try to tell her, and of course, oh. you know, I try to say, you know, mommy, mommy has a degree, you know, a master's degree. I know this stuff. I've learned it. I can look it up for you, which I've done, and do the research for you to show you to take into school, which of course she won't because she's too afraid. And her teachers are right. I'm wow. not. Her teachers are right. So I wanted wow. to just vent that to you and to say, you yeah. know, do you have any insight into this, how we can change my daughter's opinion on things when she's just so, so, so into her teachers. Yeah, that's really hard. Um, If you don't have the ability to homeschool, which is what my first suggestion would be, um, that's difficult because we set the teachers up as the authorities, right? This is who you're supposed to learn from. Go learn it. And And then tell me what you learned. But I mean, do you talk to them on a regular basis? I try to talk to them every day, to, and already my 11-year-old tells me she learned nothing new, um, that we just exaggerate to her, wow. you know, what goes on, and she doesn't even want to talk to me about what she's learning. When, last year wow. when she learned about Columbus being the villain, I met with the teacher, and he showed me the article they read, which was a paragraph. Holy and cow. I came home. I said, I want to see this from now on from you, these, these handouts that they're going to do every week or whatever. I never got one from the teacher. You might want to, Cleo, home. you might want to pick up a book uh, by Washington Irving called uh, Columbus the Discoverer, something like that. He cites all kinds of original sources. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. Thanks for being here. 888-933-93. It is Pat Gray. Available on podcast, by the way. You can go to iTunes and, and download the podcast and listen on demand whenever you want to. We are uh, on Twitter now at Pat Unleashed. And, of course, on Facebook, Pat Gray Radio. On Facebook, just, you know, you can Google that. Uh, 888-900-3393. Been talking about, uh, well, quite a few things, but certainly the, the health care plan, which uh, Bernie Sanders released today. It's Medicare for all, because that's so much better than single payer. It's the exact same thing. But it's a better sounding plan than single payer. Even though single payer wasn't that bad. How about socialized medicine? How about that? That's what we should call it, but a, a, you control the language, you control the culture, and this is what this is what the left does all the time. Whether, you know, it, it involves abortion, which is not abortion. You're not aborting and, and killing a baby. It's just a choice you're making. I'm pro-choice. How can you be against choice? You don't want to be able to choose? <laughs> every time. And they get us every time. And we, we never seem to learn this lesson. Uh... But maybe it's time to. 888-933-93. And we've also been talking about uh, uh, the president's seemingly different stance now on immigration. Although, we, as we just heard on the update, the White House is claiming that there's no deal with Democrats. They just had a discussion with Democrats on the Dreamers and on the wall. The, the reports from the Democrats are that they have a deal. The uh, dreamers, the so-called dreamers, 800,000 of them are going to be protected and then probably receive amnesty and that the wall won't essentially be built, at least not right away. We're not worried about the wall. And I have that feeling anyway, because while Trump says that the wall is being built now in that they're replacing or repairing sections of the fence that already existed, <laughs> that was not the deal, right? That was not what we were promised. But are we surprised? Uh, Mickey in California. Hi, you're on the blaze. Good day to you, Pat. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I am um, in California, and I can tell you that as Christian conservatives, our family is in a strange little pocket in the middle of Silicon Valley. And most of the time we feel like the fighters did during the Alamo were surrounded and there's no means of finding a way out. And our kids, we have three children who are in three different schools and they are going through indoctrination left and right. Although we talk every day about what they're learning and looking at where the sources are coming from and how to be discerning about what to take and what to leave but give the teachers what they want. (laughs) And it's becoming more and more difficult, obviously. But right now, um, we are dealing with the DACA issue, and we are inundated by people, especially people that we love and respect in the area, who feel that DACA and supporting the immigrants is a very important thing. But... Our general feeling is that unless you're willing to opt in and say you're going to pay a portion of their college tuition and Mm -hmm. care for them, and you are willing to provide them a home, you don't have the right to speak for me. And 
We, we do mission work through our church. We provide for people that we know need help, and we do that on our own because we know it's the right thing to do. The government does not have the right to force us into a position where we are paying for other people's means, whatever it may be, whether it's abortions. I think we should have the ability to opt out of covering money for that if we don't believe in it, which we don't. If it's paying for other people's children to go to college when I don't have the same rights for my own children, it's not right. I should have the ability to opt out. And this is becoming a bigger and bigger issue for us on so many levels. And so over the last two years, we're actually considering leaving California and trying to figure out where to go. We have a small business. My husband and I work together and we want to do what's right for our kids so that they have a future. Mm -hmm. But we look at all of these various challenges and we really are lost in terms of where God is calling to send us because we've traveled quite a bit to Mm -hmm. investigate different areas. And there are many lovely places around the U.S. But to be honest, we looked at Dallas-Fort Worth area yeah. And the tornadoes kind of freak us out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and so we weren't quite sure about that. And then we're also looking at factors like the water tables that most people kind of ignore and looking at the fact that in the, you know, between 2035 and 2040, the majority of the U.S. is going to be without much water. So where do you go? And Having a sense of community is crucial to being able to move forward, especially when you're dealing with truly uh, overwhelming issues. And mm-hmm. so I'm putting it out to you. You got any ideas on where we could go? Uh, yeah, I you know personally ignore the tornadoes. And uh, obviously, we're kind of partial to Texas. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've we've lived all over the country and and there's no better place than texas uh, i also love utah but um uh but i wouldn't go back east because you'll run into the same problems um yeah you know uh it depends on what what kind of what are, what is your business what do you what do you guys do we have a dental practice a dental and pra- okay. we are yeah mm-hmm. we are being inundated by more and more government intervention, creating Mm. more rules that are just ridiculous. And we are a small practice, and we believe in treating our patients as an extension of our own family. And that is getting to be so hard because we don't want to raise our prices, but our costs are going up between 6 and 12% every year. We spend $4,000 a month on health care for our Oof. staff, and there's wow. only three. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there are major things here, and, and mm-hmm. what makes it difficult is that our city, while they're very sweet people, and I, I've talked to them quite a bit, uh, they're looking at raising our minimum wage, and they don't talk about how this is going to infiltrate every other part of our lives. That's especially, especially hard on small businesses and small business owners like you, right? Yeah. I mean, 
it's uh, and and it, it eliminates a lot of people from the workforce. Appreciate the call, Mickey. I I suggest prayer. <laughs> That's because unless you've enlisted the help of the Lord in making a decision like that, it's it's just it. Uh, there's there's too much that can go wrong, and it's really important. I mean, it's where you live will impact your life uh, in so many different ways. But uh, again, I, I love Texas. And, and <clears throat> while tornadoes are freaky, they're fairly rare. We've had many alerts, but never had uh, an actual tornado rip through our neighborhood, knock on wood. So hopefully that won't happen. And it's one of the reasons we're in Dallas-Fort Worth instead of Houston. Uh, because, well, hurricanes. <laughs> That's one, one of the reasons that we didn't relocate there. Um even though I love Houston and it's the weather though, the, the heat and the humidity. I don't know uh, if it were up to me and it was just weather related decision. I'd be in Alaska because hmm. I, I like it cooler than it is when it's 275 degrees every day in the summertime here in the shade. Yeah. In the shade. Uh, and it's humid. It's hundred percent humidity and it's 275 degrees. Uh, but that's a tough decision, and and I think millions of Americans are faced with it. They don't know what to do. They don't they don't know where to go with this stuff. We got a world that's kind of spinning out of our control, and we don't know how to get control back and help our kids and make sure that they're they're hearing correct principles and that they're they're being fed the truth and not somebody's spin on truth. It's really tough. I feel your pain. I do. I feel your pain. Ian in New York. You're on the blaze. Hi. Yeah, I just wanted to get back to the Blackwater and the Halliburton. I, I wasn't the uh, Sydney. I think it's uh, Blumenthal, the one that uh, Barack didn't want in his anything to do with, and yeah. Hillary. I think he ran Osprey in Libya. Wasn't that the business? And I thought they were trying to get into the business. And now we find out Blue Mountain Group, the guy tying the shoelaces the other day. They don't carry weapons. They tie kids' shoelaces. They had the wrong people, and something really screwy is going on. And Patricia Smith is going to get. An answer one day for our dead son Sean and Ambassador Stevens, who six hundred times plus mm-hmm. reached out for help and she never heard of one of these pleas for help coming to her. That was her testimony. And then the last thing was when she was before Congress that did you know of this arms deal? And she played it off real what? No, because it was a fire sale at the British Embassy. There was no coalition anymore. That coalition junk was garbage. They left. Now you're on your own. It's like being in a, if you're God forbid you're in a fight and it's four and four and three of your friends run. You're not, there's no coalition no more. So she left Tyrone Woods, Glenn Dougherty, Ambassador Stevens, and Sean Smith out to dry. And she's going to get, something's going to happen with this. And it's so deep and really messed up because they, they went around Congress and they did all this to get rid of Gaddafi. And then they're going after Assad. And there's some really $6 million missing or a billion. God only knows where that went to. So, like, uh, and as far as Texas is a good move for that lady, uh, that that would be probably be your best move. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Ian. Uh, Aaron in Indiana. Hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Hey, Pat. Hey. So, um, I was just calling to reiterate kind of what you've been saying. Um, I don't understand why anybody's really surprised what Trump's doing. Um, I know I'm just kind of yeah. Preaching to the choir here, but it's, I don't, this is kind of just his character. This is what uh, people that have been following him uh, just know what kind of person he is. 
this is not really any surprise that he's um, going to the dark side, I guess, and dealing with the Democrats like he is. No, it's, it, it, sh- it sure shouldn't be a surprise because he's, you know, he's done this his whole life and th- these seem to be his principles and his values and he seems to... Exactly, yes. Yeah. yeah, he seems to want a grand amnesty to people. He's he said it multiple times. Um, at one point, he was very much in favor of abortion all the way up to partial birth abortion. And now, apparently, mm-hmm. that's changed. Will it change back again? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, very hey, well I really made. appreciate what you've been doing on the radio with your new show. So Thanks. enjoyable to listen to. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of abortion, um, this this story from the the 25-year-old woman in, at McDonald's. She was a uh, McDonald's employee and uh, was pregnant. And the other day, she kept going back and forth to the bathroom. And some of the, her fellow employees... Uh, became a little suspicious, so two of them went in there to find out if she was okay and and see what was happening. And they saw this blood all over the floor. Well, she gave birth in the McDonald's bathroom uh, and was now attempting to flush the baby down the toilet. And fortunately, these employees, the other employees, intervened. They saved the child. Um... Uh, the uh, the emergency personnel resuscitated the baby, and the baby's now recovering in the hospital. So that's great. However, the woman who gave birth, 25 years old, she is being held on $11 million bond, <clears throat> being charged with attempted murder. And it's, it's shocking, and it's horrific. But to the left, why is that even a problem? If it would have happened five minutes sooner... At a Planned Parenthood facility, nobody would bat an eye at it. Well, it was fine to kill the baby then, up to partial birth abortion, where the baby is part way out of the birthing canal. You can still take its life. We've got to find a way to come together on this and decide that what's growing inside a woman's womb is not. A vegetable and it's it's not going to be a volkswagen beetle it's going to be a human child so there is an expectation that that child should have life liberty and the pursuit of happiness as guaranteed by the constitution as guaranteed by the declaration of independence and so i i don't know how we get that message across maybe on a story like this like, yes, the woman was trying to kill her baby, and that's horrible. And I think almost 100% of us agree with that. Well, then why don't you agree that five minutes ago, it would have been the same crime? The exact same crime at a Planned Parenthood uh, office, a uh, Planned Parenthood facility, and you wouldn't care about it. we got to take those opportunities uh, to point these things out, too. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray coming up in a sec. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed. 888-933-93. Are you familiar with Anthony Bourdain? He's a chef and for a political commentator for some reason. Because nobody comments on politics more than a guy who can cook food. 
I mean, I think we all turn to chefs for our advice on for whom we should vote. Uh, and Anthony Bourdain is just this radically left-wing guy, and he's he's on um, CNN, and I, I don't even know what the name of the show is, but he was at the, I think he was in an airport, and somebody came up to him and started asking him about Donald Trump and what he would serve him. If, um, if Trump and Kim Jong-un were going to have a bit of a summit to try and mend relations, and they wanted you to cater, what would you serve? What would you Hemlock. serve? <laughs> oh, he, did you hear that, Anthony Bourdain? is joking about poisoning the president. Because <laughs> that's okay it's now. A, that's okay well, to do it's that. It's so funny. Of course it's okay. He's kidding. Uh-huh. He's kidding, Keith. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's just a joke. It's just a funny. Uh, of course, we'd take it that way if Glenn Beck said something like, I'm going to hit Michael Moore in the head with a baseball bat. And he said Whoa. that in 2003. We wouldn't. Well, then that's different. That's different now. That's different. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, I mean, that tells you a couple of things. First of all, people used to be able to joke about things. And and when you said things like, I'd like to hit him in the head with the baseball bat, you knew it wasn't serious. He wasn't really going to hit you in the head with the baseball bat, nor was he encouraging anybody else to do that. Um, so we've come a long way since then. And the other thing is, it's it's really wouldn't have been okay if that was a Fox News host saying that about Barack Obama. They'd already have lost their job. And they'd already uh, it'd lead every news story. It would be everywhere. But Anthony Bourdain could say he would serve President Trump hemlock and poison him. And that's perfectly fine because we know he's kidding. Stop it. Don't get ridiculous. Uh, Gary in Arizona. Hi, you're on the blaze. Gary? Hello? Hi. Self-spoken. You're a little quiet there. Did you, uh, are you there? Yes. Okay. What, what's on your mind? Is this Pat? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. This is, uh, I have, Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I, on this health care issue, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, somewhere along the way, people in the United States delegated their health to the medical profession instead of keeping their own health as a primary um, concern. Now, I'm 88 years old. I've never spent a night in the hospital. Wow. And I'm uh, I'm healthier as a horse. I don't have Section B of Social Security. I don't have supplement insurance. I was in the Navy, so I do have Obamacare requirement for minimum. Other than that, I never go to the doctor. I, I mean, I can't even remember the last time I go to the doctor. I don't have a doctor. So uh, my philosophy on the, uh, like, mandatory health care by the government is this. The, the health system in this country is in trouble because it, where they're treating us all as cash cows. Mm-hmm. If... if if we paid into the to a medical plan ten dollars a person a month while we were healthy, and when we got sick, quit paying, the whole system would change. Yeah, It'd be it sure different, would. right? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So it's like a cash thing for the for the system to to be continued, and um, 
my philosophy is that we need to take our, that responsibility of, on, our, on our own for our own health. Yeah. I did that about 20 years ago. I went into organic food, uh, read some doctor's books, holistic doctor's books about the chemicals in our food. Mm-hmm. And so I'm healthy. So you cut down on chemicals in your food? I miss, I miss that. What's that? You cut down on chemicals in your food? Well, I quit buying food that wasn't organic. Yeah. Yeah. So sounds like it worked out. Not supposed to have. Yeah, it sounds like it worked out for you. If you're 88 years old, you certainly don't sound 88. Well, and I'm also plan on living to 150. So (laughs) (laughs) I have a different I have a different mentality than most people. Yeah, you do. All right. Anyway. Yeah. uh, Thank you. Uh, Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Gary. Yeah. Our you know the healthcare system has changed a lot in the last 150 years. I mean, we it used to be that yeah you kind of. I mean, if you had to go to the doctor, a lot of times a doctor would come to you, right? In the old days, uh, you see that in Westerns where they come and make house calls. That stopped. And, and then there was a cash system at one point where if, you, if something went wrong and you went to the doctor, you just paid him cash. Well, when that stopped, uh, the prices went up exponentially because now it's paid for by an insurance company who has a lot of money and they can charge more. So you'll only pay a portion of it like you would have paid in cash, and then your insurance company will pay the rest. Well, that I mean, that's the cause of the skyrocketing uh, health care prices. Uh, and, but that, that horse is out of the barn, too. We, that train has left the station. We, we're, out, uh, we're, we're way too far out from where we used to be to go back to that. Uh, Cheryl, uh, you're on the blaze. Hi. 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 Is it Cheryl Rose? Yes. Okay. Hi. Yeah, I'm I'm from Eastern Washington. Everyone says Washington is the liberal state, but we're on the east side. We're a little bit more redneck. Okay. <laughs> I uh, I've been listening for the last couple of days. I haven't heard your program before, and I really appreciate the things that you have to say in your callers. Thank you. And I've been listening to uh, especially the education and the children, women and men that call in about schooling and core issues and core. What do you call that? The core? Common core? Yes, Mm -hmm. the common core. Yeah. Uh, We just recently had a shooting in Spokane, and it just at a school, and uh, one student was killed and three injured, and that was yesterday. And it brought again to mm. mind the hopelessness that our that our children feel they they just don't have you know that oh that word self esteem is so overrated but it's a belief in yourself mm. you know a belief that you can do something yeah anything and i think it stems from again not being taught the basics uh, a child goes to school they get this common core stuff instead of learning straight how to add and subtract so they can balance a checkbook or figure how much they should get for mowing lawns or turning in bottles or anything that would give them something in return, you know. Mm -hmm. They're taught this common core that can be very confusing. I have a grandson. He's nine. I tutor him every day. He's autistic and going to school. And if they would just... (laughs) Just teach the basics to these children so that they feel that joy, you know, mm-hmm. at home. If if we would teach our children 
to recognize and know what the tools are, a socket set, a wrench, a vice grips, just teach our children. Then if they have the desire to learn, they they will gain that self-esteem from their own actions. And, and I think we've lost mm-hmm. that with participation awards and definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I'm, I'm so frustrated with how our children are left out to dry. They, some of them have schedules where they come home from school and within a half hour, they're at some practice or another, and then they have this, and then they have this mm-hmm. other social event and they have calendars for mm-hmm. kids. calendars to keep them on schedule. Where is the learning, the discovery going to come from if we don't provide it for them, if we don't safeguard them from all this pressure? I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think you are. I don't think so. so. Thanks, Cheryl. Appreciate the call. Uh, The the other thing that's a, a definite problem, I think, is the amount of time that our kids spend with video games and and killing I mean, they're just continually killing things on videos. And then eventually, I don't know, is it is it desensitizing us to it? And then you have incidents like you had at the school. It's definitely something we need to look into and think about. Uh, but most people don't want to address that. 888-900-3393. It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. And it's available on podcast on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us um, on theblaze.com. Yeah, we do smoke signals. You know? Immediately following the show, we'll send up some smoke signals, and you, you can laugh at those because we do a lot of comedy with smoke. It's it's really, really? good. Yeah, it's uh, we're everywhere. We're, we're like chicken man. We're everywhere. 888-900-3393. It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Let's go to Ann in Arizona. Hi, you're on hey, the blaze. how you doing, Pat? Doing good. All right. Um, I really connected with the call from the lady um, about four calls ago who was considering leaving California because my husband and I left California a few years ago. and um, For the same reason? Kids, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Our children um, started out homeschooling, but due to economic reasons, by the time they were high school age, um, we had to put them in public school. We lived along the coast of California. And um, I was thinking, you know, um, because we had a strong Christian home life and everything and we're involved in church, I didn't think it would be too negative. But I really um, now just would never again put a child in public school mm. because um, where we were, there was what I now determined is was a lot of brainwashing to undermine parental authority and um it's really about christian values or biblical values versus non-biblical values and um a lot of friends of ours who um share the same values we do i mean not all our friends do but the ones who share the same values 
in California where we used to live as well as here. Um, our kids are all in their late 20s, and many of us are having estrangement with those children. A lot of us never hear from our children anymore. Um, it's a huge issue. I um, Books are just now starting to come out about it, but they, I don't think they've really gotten to the core of the, uh, of the whole issue. And, you know, I really thought we had raised our kids um, you know, I I read to them a lot, like, you know, books about American history. Um, and, you know, we really raised them to know the truth. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, there's powerful brainwashing going on. That's all I can say, because it's not just us. I mean, I've just seen so many people. Anyway, we did leave the state and um, we don't ever plan to move back there. Did it help at all when you left? It did us at the time um, we left, and it was, like you said, we prayed about it a lot. Yeah. And we do feel we are where God um, called us to be, and we actually may be making one more move because um, it's been about five years, and we're, we feel called somewhere else at this point. But yeah, I mean, and talking about what you you guys were talking about, one time I looked at even wind patterns from when nuclear testing and bomb testing was done back in the 30s and 40s just to see what areas of the United States weren't impacted as much and where the cancer rates are and all that stuff. There's a lot to consider. Even water tables, like that's another thing that I connected with with her. But But the bottom line is, um, if I were her, I would get my kids out of public school. I would make whatever sacrifice was necessary. I, I just think that's so important. It, because yeah. as, as you stated, it, they're being indoctrinated there. It, the left has won the battle of education. They're entrenched in our schools and they're doing everything they can to uh, to teach them progressive values to teach them, to thrust upon them atheism. Uh, and really, they have very little chance when you put them into that environment. It's really difficult because they're not prepared mentally. They're not pre- pre- they don't have the, mature, the maturity level in order to combat that. Uh, appreciate the call, Ann. It is, it's really, it's tough, which is why we homeschooled for 24 years. Uh, Producer Keith's family homeschools. Jeffy's family homeschools. It can be done. I know it's not for everybody, and you know, it, it's really difficult to do, and you have to have a lot of patience, totally. and you, and you, uh, it costs some money, um, and you don't get access to the school's extracurricular activities in most states, but it's worth it. You have to be fully committed. It's worth it. You got. You really do. You really do. And because it's going to get tough when you when you bring them out of school and they're all home and you don't have a respite. That's really hard. It's really hard. Uh, Carol in Georgia. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pop. Thanks hey. for taking my call. Yep. And I'm really enjoying your show. Thank you. Um, my husband and I are retired. And um, um, just a quick note about education in California in the mid-80s. Um, one of the teachers told my children to hold their breath while we drive by the nuclear power plant so you don't get radiated. <laughs> also, what? there are no trees in New York City. No trees um, in New York City. No trees. No okay. trees. Right. Um, 
We've mm. moved 20 times um, in 20 years, and now we're living in Georgia, and we've been in this home for uh, 24 years. But um, now that the kids are grown, we're, we're downsizing, and we're considering moving into a Class A motor home. I was listening to Glenn um, in the radio show last week mm-hmm. as I was driving home before the hurricane hit, and it took me a while to get home, but I got home and, and safe and sound. Um, we were considering where to move when we when we get, you know, where are we gonna we're gonna downsize. Where are we gonna move? Well, let's get in this Class A motorhome, and we can go wherever we want. We've got a child in Alaska, a police officer. We've got kids and grandkids in Florida. And now if we don't want, we don't like our neighbor in this campground or wherever, we can just pick up and move. (laughs) If we want to live by the coast, Mm -hmm. we can try that out or the mountains. And, And so Glenn was talking about people living by the coast, more and more people. And we can try that or we can go, you know, to, um, to the mountains next week and and mm. just getting written getting rid of all the stuff yeah you it, know there's... our parents have passed away and i don't know how we ended up with all their furniture and our furniture and i just want to open the doors and come come take whatever you want and just downsize everything and so i feel for the people that we've lived in california and felt like a fish out of water over there mm-hmm. um we like georgia um i'd like to live in texas and or florida but the heat would just i don't know about that <laughs> well you could you could live here in december and january when the weather is really pleasant and then you could there you, uh, go. you know then when it's hot uh you can go up to like idaho or montana or something Exactly. Uh, exactly. Something appealing about that. Thanks for the call, Carol. Living in a motorhome and just taking off and traveling around the country and visit your children uh, in the various states in which they live. That that I really that's like got a nice ring to it. Absolutely, that yeah. would be a good way to retire. Yeah, it would. Paul in Oklahoma. Hi, you're on the Blaze. Hey, enjoying your new show. Been listening to you with Glenn for a long time, and really appreciate not only his show but what he's trying to do, but. I had made an observation about these statue destroyers, and isn't that the same thing the Taliban did when they came into Afghanistan yes. and different places where they came into power? Is they yeah. tried to eradicate history and culture, so that only their idea was was prevalent, or and you would forget about what came before. And that seems to be have a parallel for what these people are trying to do now, especially with Jefferson and Washington and some of the founding fathers. That's... I agree. Nathan Bedford Forrest was a horrible human being. But, I mean, some of these should be saved for art's sake. And, and a lot of people, we were standing in Jackson Square in, in New Orleans, and these two little girls, the younger uh, millennials, were looking at the statue, and they were going, well, who is that? I'm not real sure. And I kind of looked at the girl. I said, what's the name of this place? And they said, uh, Jackson Square. I said, well, that's Jackson up there on his horse. But um, that's what came to my mind when I when I started hearing about the statues being destroyed. And, and I have a quick word, a new word for your vocabulary. We have these pretty violent-sounding women now. They're Madonna and Ashley Judd. And my new term for those women are called vigilantes. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Uh, all right. No follow-up there? Perfect. No. I, oh, okay. You sure? I'm pretty sure. All right. I'm pretty sure I'm going to leave it at that. 
Uh, Cornelius in Louisiana. Hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Hey, Pat, you finally got unleashed. Glenn Beckton let you loose like a wild man. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, Pat, I talked to you. This was about five or six years ago. And um, I was the last caller. I was waiting for Glenn to get on. I stayed on for five hours. So if you go back through the archives, you'll find me, Cornelius, from Alexandria five years ago. Okay. But I was telling your call screener, that lady from Washington that called about, you know, the shooting in, in Spokane, mm-hmm. we've taken God out of everything, Pat. I mean. Yeah, we have. And so the devil steps right in, and that's why we have all these killings. If you ever get a chance, I know you listen to Paul Harvey. If I were the devil, he had a good little saying. Mm-hmm. And if you ever look that up, and uh, Paul Harvey had a good thing about police officers that he taped. I used to listen to him all the time and Rush and, of course, Glenn. Mm-hmm. I finally got you all on on Suddenlink down here in Alexandria, and I bought the DISH network so I could get you all on here in the DISH because I don't have Internet capability. But Okay. Well, that's I, I love your show. Appreciate hope you it. have open lines sometime. And go Saints. I'm a big Saints fan, so I hope the Saints win the Super Bowl. All right. Thanks, Cordelius. Covered a lot that's of territory. That's a good start there. for you there yeah. at 0-1. <laughs> I, I can't talk at all. I'm a Falcons fan, so. Uh, did they lose? No, no, they won. They, they won. won. I'm okay. just referring to the Super Bowl. The Saints have something the Falcons don't, and that is a Super Bowl ring. Sunday night, in fact, it's uh, Green Bay versus uh, oh, Atlanta Falcons. Is that right? Sunday night football. Huh. Yeah. Are we huh. going to watch it together? Uh, no. You're not inviting me over to watch it on the 60-inch TV? It would, would not be a good idea. Why? Because uh, uh, we there'd be fisticuffs uh, sometime during the course and, of the game. And you'd be sad. Yeah. Eric in California. Hi. You're on with Pat Gray. Hey, Pat. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, go Raiders, by the way. But <laughs> I am curious what you think about maybe a libertarian run for 2020 from a guy like Rand Paul. Earlier, you're asking for real conservatives, people that, you know, mm-hmm. Actually, want to not spend a lot, spend trillions of dollars. Want to have a balanced budget amendment that are speaking their butts off on the floor of the United States Senate every day, just for the Constitution. Mm-hmm. I was wondering what you think about Rand Paul. I haven't heard a lot about him since Ted Cruz came up. Yeah, uh, this last election. Uh, I, you know, comparatively speaking, um, I'm totally in love with Rand Paul. Uh, you know, if if I could have Rand Paul over what we have now, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a no brainer. Between Rand Paul and and Ted Cruz, I'm going Ted Cruz. But I I like I like Rand Paul. I I think he's uh, he's fairly conservative. He uh, on most things. He's got that libertarian streak to him, which is which is good in some ways, and and maybe not in some other ways when they're taking it to to the extremes. Um, but yeah, I like Rand Paul. Uh, awesome, and, awesome. and he'd be a heck of a better president than heck of a lot better president than Donald Trump. There's just no doubt about that. It's just that, you know, he's a, he's a Republican now he's in the Republican party. And so I don't think, I don't ever see him giving that up and, and running as a libertarian. Um, so yeah. be, because libertarians just don't win national elections. At least that's the way. Appreciate the call. Neither do, so, neither, yeah. neither do reality TV. Uh, well, know, that's true. I mean, I mean, that's I mean, that is true. Anything can happen after that. I mean, come on. Yes, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, thanks for the call, Eric. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's Pat Gray.
Another problem we have right now in our society is uh, the destruction of the psyche of men. I, I don't know wh- why this is happening. It's, I guess it's like everything else. Tr- trying to break down the family, trying to trying to eliminate God from our society, and now we're just trying to make men feel like crap. Duke University is recruiting male students for a nine-week program that pledges to, quote, destabilize masculine privilege and interrogate masculinity program is known as duke university's men's project it seeks to help men examine how their masculinities exist in often toxic ways while of course beginning the work of unlearning violence so you're just assuming that just men are inherently violent and that they need to unlearn the toxicity of their masculinity so we're asked i guess to be feminine now you could be you could be masculine and without being toxic. You could be masculine without being violent. Uh, but this is, of course, um, more nonsense from the the left here and progressivism. That's you know it continues to build up women, which there's nothing wrong with. But it's building up women and tearing down men, and this has been going on for quite a while. They claim there's a misinformed narrative that gender equity and feminism hurt men. <laughs> well, if you foist it on men, then it does. That I mean, that's not... Gender equity is fine. I mean, obviously, I don't have a problem with that. But it seems that the liberals do, since uh, Hope Hicks was just made the White House press secretary making $179,000. And I saw all kinds of liber- liberals complaining about that. How dare she make a hundred? That's as that's as much as anybody in the White House makes, including uh, Steve Bannon. Well, okay, that's I, I thought that's what you wanted for women was pay equity, and now she has it, and now you're complaining about it. The hypocrisy is just unbelievable hypocrisy. Uh, Georgia in California, you're on with Pat Gray. Hi. It's confusing. Hello. Uh, yes, I love your program. I just saw it last week, uh, and I missed talking to you when I holding on to the phone, but I was talk, uh, thinking about the sex change operations that there are there's schools that are letting our government that's getting paid $135 million to go into schools and telling them that it's okay to get sex change, you know, the operation, or be a little boy, or if you want to be a little girl. They're taking $130 million of government money going into schools and telling them this, these little children. And then I find out later, I watch um, uh, Francis and Friends, a Christian program, that you don't even, the teachers don't even have to tell the parents if they want, if the children say yes, that they will start giving them shots. And I don't know how true that one is, but um, that's one thing I wanted to get out there. And another thing was the DACA. Uh, I think they're supposed to get five years for them to get over here and get uh, their citizenship, and then that'd be okay. The rest have to leave. They never leave, and they're always here, and that's against the law. And what they did was against the law. This started way back in, I think it was the late 70s, and I think the end of Carter, the beginning of Reagan, when a Mexican lady came over and had her child over here and it became a citizen, they ran with that. Who makes these laws that they get to stay here and live off the government? Who makes these laws like this? We don't. 
we don't make the laws that our that our Congress and senators get raises every year. So we live on minimum wage. We don't get minimum wage raised every year, but they can get a raise every year. I mean, it just seems like we and our vote in California was overturned by a judge when we voted against same sex marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm going on and on listening. <laughs> well, you got a lot to say. It's a lot of pent up anger here. You know, mm-hmm. pardon me. Yeah, I, I mean, you've you've got a lot to say. There's a lot of there's a lot of pent up frustration going on, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, I mean, yeah. fracking. I know Republicans are for fracking, but my son uh, is a driller in water and oil, uh-huh. and he goes, "What fracking does is it goes down and it cracks the uh, uh, I think it's called the uh, Titanic plates." Mm-hmm. And then it causes earthquakes. In Oklahoma alone, Tectonic. I think they had hundreds of uh, 3.5 earthquakes yeah. from fracking or Titanic. alone. Uh-huh. And I'm going, and they're going to start that out here in California again? Wow. I'm going, holy cow. No, 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 no. So there's, I'm sorry, I'm talking so fast, but I <laughs> I wanted to get a lot of things in, and I'm so sorry. And, and you did. And, no, and don't. They are it's okay. right about uh, people, about the Lord. Mm-hmm. I remember when we used to have a prayer <laughs> in first grade, and it stopped when I went to junior high. They said, let's have a moment of silence. Right. All of a sudden in junior high. Oh, you know, you one. take God out of things and look at our country. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, and it's not stopping, and it just seems like it's on a freight train straight downward. But prayers can change things, and I do believe that with all my heart and soul. I believe that prayers will still change things. And I believe prayers will change Donald Trump's mind about this DACA. I'm hoping anyway. Well, I hope you're right. I have anyway. All right. So I want to thank you for listening, and uh, God bless your show. I, I hope it continues for a long time. Me too. Thank you, Georgia. Appreciate that. Uh, she had a lot to say there. Oh, sweet. That was a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom in Pennsylvania. Hi. You're on The Blaze. Hi there. Uh, I love your show. Thank you. And Glenn, is, he's a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was talking about the feminizing men. Yeah. In that commercial about liberty, that mother saying, this might I got in the tow truck driver because my son was broke down. He had a flat tire and yeah. he came to. Well, I hope that was a woman tow truck driver that came and helped that kid out. <laughs> I do. And she gave him a wrench. This is a wrench. Use it. That the, At least that other kid in the other commercial had to figure out how to change that tire. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Uh, it's a Liberty Mutual. If you if you don't watch a lot of TV, you don't know what he's talking about there. But Liberty Mutual Mutual has a mother standing there with her, I don't know, 16, 17-year-old son. And she's acting like he's a helpless little twit, frankly. <laughs> the, they had to come. Somebody had to come and save him when he got a flat tire. This, this kid, the strapping kid, couldn't fix that himself? That's a good point. Um, Dave in Ohio. Hi, you're on the blaze. How you doing? Doing, doing good. Yeah, well, I'll try and make it quick. What I was seeing, Baker, over the years is what happened. The left has been doing, and uh, basically what it is is the, you know, the education system. Yeah, they've corrupt that, taken over and corrupt. It's basically what you mm-hmm. have to do a lot of times they do is basically they've got teams of lawyers to go around and find out stuff around this country that they hate and want to basically destroy and sue them. Well, I believe it's time to fight fire with fire, get conservative lawyers, and start finding these groups like, you know, Duke doing that. And basically, that's kind of like mind-screwing men. It sure that's is. That's kind of like, oh, you're, yeah, they're civil is. rights, and you can sue anybody for anything. Well, it's time to start suing and really hurt them where it counts money. And it's, it's interesting you bring this up, Dave, because we've 
debated this kind of stuff because uh, we've never been for boycotts either, but we've seen right. how effective those are over the years. And you start to wonder, <laughs> well, maybe we need to start doing that too. Maybe well, we need to assimilate that tactic. Right. No one likes to whine. You don't no. like to do like, right. I don't want to be a whiner like these people, but it's time right. to fight fire with fire. I mean, like, and it's effective over the years. I mean, sorry, I'll make one more point. Like, yeah. for the years, this has worked basically like the Ku Klux Klan, where if something happened, people had any affiliation, they'd sue the literally Ku Klux Klan, the group. Well, do that with Black Lives Matter, you know, or Antifa. Well, this right. group, they ride right. in, they burn stuff down. Now I'm suing the whole group for millions of dollars. Or George Soros, whatever one you want to pick, you know. <laughs> it's a lot where it comes from. But thanks, Pat. You bet. Thank you, uh, Dave. Appreciate that. I, it's hard. That's a tough one because it, it, it's not one of our princi- It's not a conservative principle to start suing people and to to take things to court all the time and to uh, foster boycotts against certain companies or individuals or whatever. But then, but then you look at the effectiveness of those tactics from the left, and you see how far they've come and how fast. And you think, well. I don't know. Maybe we need to rethink that. I don't know. 888-933-93. Use that number tomorrow and we'll talk again then. Also, uh, filling in for uh, Glenn on the radio program. Talk to you then and right here on The Blaze. Pat Gray Unleashed on The Blaze Radio Network.